0: Pickup is here.
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Sepplick, the FF Goonie himself, always bringing you the truth and all the things necessary for your life of fantasy football. On today's show, we do the Week 7 preview, and we have a special guest today. Yes, that's right, we are continuing it. Bringing on Mr. Clay Jones, Commissioner of the Dynasty League. Sorry, the pristine dean, dean, dynasty worldwide, wide, wide. Uh, I'm obligated by contract to say it that way, and I apologize greatly to the commissioner and pray for mercy that he does not chop off my hands or something. I don't know. He's a pretty brutal guy, but anyways, we're going to have him on later today in the show. Uh, Doing a preview, including our big matchup this week, me and him, vying for that second place position in the Dynasty League. So, uh, without further ado, our first news of the day, breaking news, obviously, is in the Keeper League. I made a blockbuster move. And as of this recording, this move actually hasn't happened, so I hope he doesn't back out. But blockbuster move, uh, trading away Saquon Barkley... A 1st and 2nd next year for Christian McCaffrey and a 5th and 7th next year. Uh, Given up quite a bit, but I'm getting a little bit better running back, although a year older, a little more wear on the tires. But he's generally been healthier and the big thing is I get him this year at some point. It's a little bit of a gamble, I understand, but man, sometimes you gotta spend money to make money, am I right boys? Ha ha ha. And that pretty much concludes any real news we need to deal with. Um, After that, let's get into the week seven preview, starting with the new Fantastic Empire. so let's go ahead and start off with our first matchup uh, two two and four teams we got the sc honkers brian number two versus unjour in france uh, axel's team uh, starting at the quarterback position we got gardner Minshew versus pat mahomes uh, Menchu's got a decent matchup with the Chargers uh, They just haven't seemed to Really shut down the, the pass But that might be because they've been playing ahead uh, But either way Obviously Pat Mahomes is the Goat right now so we're going to give him the advantage At the Running back position uh, It is slim pickings On Axel's team uh, We got Kenyon Drake and Justin Jackson Which is not much better on the opposite side. Versus Jonathan Taylor being on a bye and Raheem Mostert being out guaranteed. So we're looking at Devonta Freeman and Damian Harris. Oof. This is ugly, ugly stuff. Um, just because the Don- the Damian Harris stuff and Justin Jackson has a good matchup. Kenyon Drake is eh. And uh, Devonta Freeman is eh. But playing tonight. Uh, There's a chance Freeman ends up being the best running back here, but we're going to give the advantage, I can't believe I'm saying it, to Kenyon Drake and Justin Jackson. At the receiver position, we got uh, Mr. Fulham and Terry McLaren versus A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley. No question there. Uh, Advantage goes A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Two fantastic receivers, and McLaren's great, but, I mean, with Kyle Allen, he's still... Not as good, and then Fulham is just a volume guy. He does have a good matchup though, but there's no possible way we can uh, lean that way. At the uh, tight end position, it's Darren Fells versus Janu Smith. As of right now, Janu Smith is questionable. Um, I am hearing he's practicing, but he was already out. It's real hard to tell. But either way, Darren Fells is a if he gets a touchdown, he's great. If he doesn't, he's trash. So, we'll call it a wash with the Johnny Smith injury and the chances he may have to go to the waiver wire. Uh, at the, t- the flex position, we got Kyle Allen and Tim Patrick versus what I'm going to have to fill in because his lineup's not set. And I keep telling you guys, set your damn lineup so I can do this early. Um, it's probably going to be Jarvis Landry and either Latavius Murray or Marvin Jones. Both have good matchups Both have been very disappointing for the most part Uh, Either way A banged up Jarvis Landry Against uh, Tim Patrick for sure And then either uh, Keenan Allen And if he doesn't go Then my guess is uh, It's going to be Corey Clement or a Waiver Wire person So Either way Tim Patrick is the only person I am trusting on this Entirely and although Casey's good against the pass, uh, he's been fantastic as a starter, even with the quarterback change. So uh, advantage there. And then finally, the defenses, Panthers versus Saints. Uh, same game. Uh, there is a chance the Buccaneers get flexed in, but either way, it's not a good situation for Axel. I like the Saints better either way. And even though he's got Pat Mahomes and the receiving corps, it's, it's really the flex and the uh, real questionable running back stuff that makes it really hard to go with Axel for the win. So, although he has some better pieces, and honestly, like the Brown-Ridley-Mahomes combo might be enough to win, I'm going to take uh, Brian for the win, putting him to 3-4, and four and Axel dropping to 2-5. and five. Next up, we got Team Silverados versus Popeye's Sailor Men. Uh, still at sea looking for that first win That all elu- that ever elusive win uh, Sitting at 0-6 while Silverados is at 500 with 3-3 and, and at the quarterback position we have no one slotted in Which really annoys me But it looks like uh, Drew Brees versus either Matt Stafford or Ryan Tannehill uh, Tannehill's been the better one, but Atlanta defense, he may actually go with Stafford. Uh, that's a real tough one. Either way, I like Stafford and Tannehill better than Bree, so advantage on uh, Papa Sailor Moon there. At the running back position, you got Derrick Henry and DeAndre Swift versus Todd Gurley. And I'm going to say Antonio Gibson right now because Mixon is questionable and we don't know if he's going to play. Um, either way, Todd Gurley, Gibson, they don't really hold a candle to Henry and Swift. Uh, it's really the Swift part. Henry is uh, good, but he's got that tough matchup against Pitt. Uh, the big deal, though, is Swift has got Atlanta, and that is a hot mess there. And it could be a real shootout, which will actually get him a lot more receiving work. So uh, let's go advantage there, but not by a ton. Um, at the receiver position, we got Amari Cooper and Tyreek Hill versus D.J. Moore and T. Higgins. Uh, like Higgins, but there's still some, uh, questionability whether he's the guy right now or A.J. Green finally put together a good game, so maybe he's the guy now. Um, Moore's been terrible mostly, um, in that tough defense. I'm sure Robbie Anderson's gonna get the the better coverage, but, um, either way, Amari Cooper, uh... And Tyreek Hill is just the advantage There's no other way around it At the tight end position you got a questionable Noah Fant uh, Versus a Evan Ingram Questionable Noah Fant Versus Evan Ingram As much as I don't want to do it I'm going to pick Evan Ingram Just because Fant might not play And if he does he's going to be hampered I don't know if I'm going to get a full game out of him So Uh, we'll go that route At the flex position, as of right now, slotted in, we got Robbie Anderson and James White. There's an option to flex to uh, A.J. Green, LaVisca Chenault, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams. My guess is Mike Williams will probably make it in there, uh, possibly for James White, but I'm going to treat it as it is now. On the other side, there's the possibility of Joe Mixon and Boston Scott. Uh, if Joe Mixon doesn't go, you're looking at a Scotty Miller or Devin Singletary, uh, situation. Either way, uh, I do like Scott's matchup tonight and the possibility of Mixon going. I'll give the advantage over there to Popeye Sailor And then finally on defense, we got football team versus Bears, um football team has the better advantage just because they got Andy Dalton so there's a real good chance they get a lot of sacks with that just horrid line now and all the turnovers he is capable of doing so we'll go advantage Washington football team and all of that combines to I'm gonna give the win to Mike he's gonna get he's gonna pull out his first win uh, I do like the running back situation The receiver situation um, I do like the flex situation And the tight end better But I think it's really going to come down To the QBs And I think he's going to grind out Enough out of there Plus the, the whole thing I am I'm just I feel bad for the guy He needs a win it's week 7 So uh, let's go ahead and uh, give him some juice And I'll say Popeye Sailor Men For the win Finally getting off the loser board Uh, Next up we have Binkla Einhorn versus Team Groovy Drew Um, Dan's coming off a devastating loss To me Because my keen uh, My keen and shrewd uh, Waiver wire uh, Fab spending But uh, we're going to focus on This week for him uh, as it's a 2-14 and 14 versus a 4-2 and two. Joe Burrow at quarterback versus Russell Wilson uh, No question there, Russell Wilson is the advantage At the running back position, you got Phil Plincy and David Montgomery Versus possibly Melvin Gordon and McKissick As of right now, it sounds like Gordon's going to play uh, Either way, this is a rough go all around Um... So, I'm just going to go with the fact that I know David Montgomery is going to get a good amount of work Advantage there, but I'm not Loving it, to be honest At the receiver position, we got Darius Slayton And Allen Robinson Versus Christian Kirk and Robert Woods Uh, Robert Woods Probably the best option here Maybe Allen Robinson, just with that Hyper-targeting from Nick Foles But I don't think Christian Kirk Is going to repeat last week So um, The big question is, Darius Slayton, is he going to have a bounce back? And against that Philly secondary, I think there's a good chance. So give me advantage, Slayton and Robinson. At the tight end position, uh, no doubt we're taking Kittle over Hawkinson. But I will say that Hawkinson is probably... I, I think he could outscore him because he's up against Atlanta. And Kittle's up against New England. And the one thing New England will do is probably take away Kittle that game. So... Uh, yeah, it's very possible, Hawkinson. But for now, obviously, we got to say Kittle is the advantage. And then at the flex position, we have uh, possibly Deontay Johnson, but probably not. I think it's going to be Tyler Boyd and Mike Evans, even though Evans does have the questionable tag. And that is against uh, Traquan Smith and Will Fuller. There's a chance maybe, like, McNichols or... Brian Hill gets in there, but highly doubtful. So, uh, Either way, uh, Fuller's boom or bust, but man, uh, I think Green Bay is one of those teams that surprisingly is not great. And then the big one is, Michael Thomas might not play with uh, yet another possible injury. So um, that's potentially more work for Traquan Smith. End of the day, though Tyler Boyd is not going to get the biggest coverage against Cleveland, and Evans should play against Vegas, which will be a higher scoring game. So advantage on that side. And then finally, it's the Steelers versus Tennessee or Chargers versus Jacksonville. Give me Chargers versus Jacksonville for a more likely um, a more likely turnover situation. At the end of the day though, all that said, I think Russell Wilson is going to dominate the crap out of Joe Burrow and I think his team's going to do enough that I give Groovy Drew the win and Finkel's Einhorn drops to 3 or 2 and 5. Uh next up we have Team Chris 1914 versus Texas Bear. Uh quarterback we got Kyler Murray versus as of right now Aaron Rodgers, but I have a very sneaking suspicion that he's probably going to pivot to deshaun watson i don't know we'll see he did have watson in the starting lineup so maybe this is actually where he decides to go who knows either way kyler murray is the pick here because he's going to have to keep pace uh guaranteed and there's no question who's going to be started so advantage kyler murray at the running back position, Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs versus Zeke with that struggling line against a good Washington line and Daryl Henderson against a decent line, too. Uh, advantage, obviously, is Kamara and Jacobs. No matter what you think of Jacobs, Kamara is going to eat. Uh, not that Jacobs is bad, but uh, Tampa isn't the easiest matchup, and he's been a little struggling lately. Uh, I think they're trying to really figure out their identity still, so... Uh, Advantage there At the receiver position we got uh, Nuke and Metcalf Versus Diggs and Godwin Although Diggs and Godwin are great um, Can't really go against Nuke getting a bunch of targets uh, Against Seattle And then Metcalf doing the same on the other side I think it's just going to be a shootout Against each other and they are obviously The advantage At the tight end position as of right now It's Tanyan versus Higby uh, there's a chance Hayden Hurst makes it in there I would personally start Hayden Hurst I don't know about this Tanyan thing I think it might have been a one week go uh, But either way uh, I'd give either of them the advantage over Higby I think he's kind of met his match And he's no longer relevant uh, I know he had a quick bright burn But since then it's been meh At the tight Er, sorry, at the flex position, though. We got Kenny Galladay and Greg Ward versus, as of right now, Henry Ruggs and Gronk with the chance for Josh Kelly, Chase Edmonds, or another tight end. Um, that's a really tough one, honestly. I view a ba- bounce back from Chase Edmonds. I don't think Drake is great, and I think Edmonds is better in the passing game, so they may need to use him more. Uh, either way, though, I'm going to take Galladay against Atlanta and Ward against the Giants tonight. It's just a better situation. And then finally, it's the Niners versus New England or the Chiefs versus Denver. Uh, Chiefs have just been a very good defense. Uh, not mind boggling good, but um, you get what you pay for. But the big one is that New England's offense has been kind of struggling. And the Niners are starting to get a little healthier, and it's going to be a lot slower game, a lot of running on both sides. So give me advantage to the Niners, but not by a ton. Uh, At the end of the day, though, the Jacobs-Kamara-Hopkins-Metcalf combo is just such a huge advantage. Um, It's really hard to see this even with the advantage with kyler murray going that way so i'm going to take texas bear for the win but i do not feel great about it next up we have the megalodons versus my number ones likes number twos all right so starting at quarterback we have josh allen versus either cam newton tom brady or teddy bridgewater uh my guess is it's going to be tom brady um most reliable so far. Cam Newton's really waffly, so uh, either way, Josh Allen's the pick against the Jets. I know he doesn't have to do a ton, but he generally does still. So uh, he's a nice safe bet. Next up, we have Clive, uh, Clyde edwards hilaire possibly with Le'Veon Bell uh, and James Connor uh, versus Ronald Jones and James Robinson. Ronald Jones has a good matchup, but I mean the fact is Connor and Edwards are great workhorse backs compared to waiver wire guy and late late round guy. So advantage Clive Edwards Hilaire and James Connor. At the receiver position, a I believe practicing Julio Jones and Juju Smith Schuster versus a possibly not John Brown and OBJ. John Brown missed last week, so that was a real tough one too. Um, his other option would be to go to Julian Edelman or Brandon Cooks there. So let's let's just assume though John Brown's in. uh Either way, OBJ is not the greatest pick, and I'm not a huge fan of Juju. But the fact is, uh Julio probably won't even get the number one treatment. It might be Calvin Ridley because he is a little hampered, but that doesn't matter for Julio. So I'm gonna go advantage Brian at receiver. Uh, at the tight end, it's Darren Waller versus Austin Hooper. Hooper's got the better matchup, but Waller's got the better volume. So, obviously, Waller. And then at the flex position, it's Keelan Cole and Adam Hemphries versus Brandon Cooks and Edelman. Cooks had his big game, so he's going to go back to second. Uh, Edelman, questionable QB play. Uh, although, he does better when he's the QB and Cam's the receiver. Uh, the big one's just Keelan Cole. He's been on a tear uh, run now slot, and I think that's going to continue. So between that and um, Adam Humphreys, I think I'm going to give the advantage to getting slotty here. And then uh, finally the defenses, big matchup. Eagles or Rams, give me the Eagles. They just have the better one with New York Giants, whereas Chicago will probably run on the Rams a bit. Uh, that'll be a good defensive matchup. But either way, I, no surprise, down the row uh, Pretty much Vantage Brian the whole time uh, The only other option is Le'Veon Bell can get put in But I don't think Chase is that crazy So either way the Megalodons are the pick And then finally we have The matchup of my former co-host uh, Los Poyos Hermanos Versus yours truly The FF Emperor Uh, At the quarterback position currently I have Matt Ryan in there I could pivot to Jared Goff But who knows Versus Justin Herbert. Either way, Justin Herbert is my guy. Uh, I do like Matt Ryan against Detroit uh, with the newly uh, in, ignited Falcons offense. I think they're just playing better without Dan Quinn there. Obviously, last week's the only uh, barometer we have. But either way, uh, Herbert's been balling out, and Jacksonville's a terrible defense. Uh, at the running back position, though, is Cream Hunt and questionable Cream Hunt and Chris Carson versus Aaron Jones and Dave Johnson in the same game. Uh, although I think Carson and Hunt are a better combo than mine, I'm going to give me the advantage there because Jones and Johnson are playing each other, and both those defenses are terrible against running backs. At the receiver position, it's a Devontae Adams and uh, CeeDee Lamb versus Jameson Crowder and Michael Thomas. I'm looking for a big bounce back for Crowder, especially against Buffalo's D. I think the slot uh, receiver is going to eat. And Michael Thomas is the big question. Now, if Michael Thomas can't go, then it's going to fall to either DJ Chark uh, or I guess Golden Tate, maybe Adrian Peterson, uh, up in the flex. Either way, uh, if Michael Thomas plays, that's a huge difference maker. But as I said before, Adams uh, against the Houston defense versus Michael Thomas versus Carolina, come back from injury. Uh, I got the advantage of receiver uh, But that's okay because uh, Gil is Pulling the advantage at tight end Because Kelsey is greater than Cook Although I'm looking forward to a surgence Of Cook if Michael Thomas Can't go and then at the tight end Or at the flex position we got Debo Samuel And Tyler Lockett uh, Potentially Cooper Cup can go in there but After he scored me last game maybe not And McKinnon also same story uh, Versus Chase Claypool and Mike Davis I don't understand how Claypool just keeps Dominating, same with Davis They're not the greatest talents, although Claypool Is a much better talent As being a physical specimen Uh, But either way, Tyler Lockett And Debo Samuel are just better Players Uh, It really comes down to Mike Davis Whether you think uh, New Orleans is going to stop him or not It's not a great matchup, so I'm going to give myself A slight edge, but I don't feel really comfortable About it And then, finally, uh, the Bills versus the Patriots. I think the Patriots are a little better, but I had dropped them because the Jets are just a dumpster fire with Flacco. So, advantage Bills there. Uh, This is really close. I actually do want to pick Gill for the win. But, honestly, I think uh, it's going to come down to defense and Michael Thomas. I'm... I think he's going to be hampered, so either way, I'm going to pick me to win. Uh, but I don't feel that great about it. I think Guild does have a bounce-back game after a tough loss last week. Um, but that's what he does, so he'll probably end up enjoying a tough loss again this week. And that concludes the new Fantastic Empire Week 7 preview. Uh, coming up next, we're going to do the prestige she, she's, dynasty worldwide, wide, wide. Uh, With our special guest The Commissioner Clay is coming in And uh, we'll be back momentarily We got our special guest, Clay, the Commissioner of the Prestige, prestige Dynasty Worldwide. Wide, wide, wide. Boop, 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 boop. boop. Rung, rung. Clay, are you there?
2: I'm here.
1: All right. Welcome to the show. First time uh, having you on. I've been really excited to get you on there. Um, it's I, I don't think most people know, but you and I do a, quite a bit of jibber-jabber on our own private channel. Because we're very like-minded, so uh, welcome.
2: Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. So uh, why don't we start off, uh, same thing we did with Gil. We'll get you in a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about yourself so the league gets to know you uh, a little bit about like where you're from, what you do, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I uh, so I live in Georgia, right in the middle of Georgia, where it's always hot and humid. And uh, I got a wife and two kids, third kid, on the way i will be here December 5th so right in the right as I make my playoff push uh, to take down the Chris's um we'll have our third boy showing up and uh I work at an industrial coatings manufacturing plant so we we make paint and primer and polyurethanes and epoxies and um super dirty and smelly but uh, I've been here like six years and um it's a it's a great job i got a great boss and it pays the bills so i don't complain especially in the year 2020 that i have a job so
1: awesome yeah um and then uh if i remember correctly and correct me if i'm wrong but you guys did some work for the jesus chicken correct
2: yeah so i out of college worked for chick-fil-a for four and a half years that's where i met my wife and that's actually where i first got into fantasy football we had a a league for our, we had two different stores and so we set up a league for anybody that wanted to play. And um, that's how I got started in fantasy football It was when I was at Chick-fil-A. And then after I left, I got in a league with some friends from church and then found the uh, Keeper League uh, that you and Axel and a couple other guys are in via the Football Guys um, forum. And uh, and then we obviously started the Dynasty League. It kind of um, came out of the Keeper League from people that wanted a full Dynasty League.
1: That's right, yeah. And you've always been a real big proponent of Dynasty. I know you're always more passionate about it. I think you were hollering from the like moment one, we should start one, so... That was really good that we got it going. Uh, quick question on that. So you said you started with uh, Chick-fil-A fantasy football, basically. Now, do they have a strict uh, no-worshipping-the-fantasy-gods policy?
2: <laughs> no, it's actually a common misconception that everyone at Chick-fil-A is uh, is a Christian or, you know, whatever. There's I actually have uh, several different friends across the country. Um, who run Chick Fil as or work for Chick Fil A. Some of them are Mormons. Some of them are Catholics. Some of them don't have any religious affiliation or denominational affiliation. Um, no, we our operator was in the league, though, so we we were not big on trash talk and um, you know talking about trade rape. Okay. Just because our boss was in the league, and that kind of keeps it uh, G rated. So
1: yeah, that that'd be quite uncouth for. Uh... For someone that important and at work to hear, so yeah. All right, exactly. well, um, the the big topic I think uh, uh, we kind of talked about what we we're going to bring up today. Uh, there's been a heated battle going on over the taxi squad in the dynasty league. So for our listeners that are in the uh, the keeper league, uh, basically we started off with a real, real short bench dynasty league. Uh, I fought real hard and we ended up winning that discussion where we expanded to an extra flex position and we added some bench spots and then again and I think you were on board with me on this one. then last year we fought real hard and got a, a taxi squad, but we kind of we kind of made it real open and like a weird thing that kind of reflects more uh, NFL practice squads. So uh, so what's the dispute going on right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think actually originally um, I was on board the taxi squad. You wanted to roll out the taxi squad with. I forgot. We added another change, and I wanted to separate them, and so you gave me a bunch of shit. Uh, excuse me, a bunch of crap. Uh, <laughs> and um, and uh, we eventually rolled it out. Um, but we did roll it out. But I, you know, one thing we did want to do is we always try and mimic what the NFL does. And so we wanted to make it so you could sign people off of other taxi slash practice squads. And then we had a compensation system to go along with that and obviously voted on it. And now that it's in practice, people are, um, I think some people, some players, some managers are starting to get frustrated because you know guys that they wanted to stash for the year are breaking out and other managers want to sign them. So they've got to make a decision. Do they let them go or sign them? And, you know, if they do sign them and move them up, then they've got to cut somebody. And so I think something that everyone was, you know, really most people I think were for is now becoming a frustration for teams that are looking to next year and wanting to just hold players in that taxi spot so that they can, you know, bring them up next year and add more for, you know, rookies to that spot.
1: All right. Yeah, So, so for the people at home that don't know what's going on or don't have quite the nuances on it, basically it's a five it's a five player taxi squad we decided on um basically sorry my wife is texting me as we're doing this Uh, i saw earlier she doesn't think i know but my kid got bit at daycare again for the second time in this week I'm I'm, I'm going to find out if it's the same kid. If it is, I'm sending my 13 month old kid to school with. Uh, we have a rattler that's Thor's hammer, and I'm going to teach him to beat the crap out of this kid that keeps biting him. It's
2: uh, better that your kid is getting bit than the biter, cause that's true. You want, but you don't want them to call you and tell you your kid is biting other kids.
1: That's true. Know? So uh, the medical bills are more difficult for us prior, but honestly, we are avoiding the risk of. Uh, Of liability I suppose (laughs) Just kidding he's fine They haven't broken skin either time Although he did have bite mark bruise For this whole week so far So Uh, And my wife gets super frustrated about it Anyways back into it So uh, the taxi squad five person uh, We had decided that you could only uh, Have first two year players Uh, We didn't allow anyone That was already in the league one year To go on it so it was all new players From that point on Um, and then as you alluded to is uh, like a waiver system kind of we had a claim system where people would put into it uh, our protection that we thought was going to be real helpful was um, only one person on a practice squad can be poached in any given week Uh, but of course we ran through everything and I think part of the biggest problem and we talked about it a bit is it the practice squads generally intended for developmental guys, but you had like rookie draft first and second round guys getting placed on it. QBs in a two QB league, and I think that's what really uh, cultivated a lot of the issues that people are starting to get frustrated with. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's. It, I think what I I would boil down the argument that we're having is a competitive, a league competitiveness, and and. Uh, you know just keeping the, the league honest and competitive is really what it's coming down to because you're putting you know NFL first round pick rookie wide receivers and quarterbacks on your taxi squad and i don't think that that is the intent of what a taxi squad is for
1: right so yeah we, we've had some vocal stuff on the chat as far as it got into a big discussion and i know we're slated for a a discussion and a vote next year. Nothing that's been ironed out. But um, so obviously, the first opinion is we leave it as is, uh, which is always a part of a vote. Uh, I don't think that one has a lot of popularity. So, uh, what are the other options we're kind of considering?
2: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there there is the option to leave it as is, and I don't think anyone right now would vote for that. It doesn't sound like, uh, unless it was like a spite vote. The other one is just to get rid of the taxi squad and just add bench spots, which we already do anyway. We add five bench spots for the draft every year. Uh, Then I think, you know, one that I'm in, one that I propose and I'm in favor of is that we limit the taxi squad to uh, rookies that were picked in the fourth round of the NFL draft or later. And that way it's actually developmental players in the developmental taxi squad spots. And then I think you proposed an option where each owner is only allowed one attempted steal a year. So um, basically it's a one-and-done type system where probably by week two or three everyone has attempted to sign a player and then, you know, taxi squads are locked up for the rest of the year.
1: Right, or someone that just decides to sit on something and he ends up getting the gem later on. but uh, Right. That that doesn't mean anyone's going to get the person, so that's one thing we didn't explain. So, uh, basically, if if your player is getting got at, um, your the team is notified uh, through a group chat, and they have basically a day and a half uh, to get him off the practice squad. Otherwise, it reverts to it does end up claiming. Uh, I believe we've only had two so far. I believe you got a. Wide receiver. A wide receiver, right And then the very first one And was the far more shocking one Was um, Eason, Jacob Eason A quarterback who is not that great I think everyone would agree But a potential to even maybe Take over for Phillip Rivers later this season If not get a shot next year um, Was got And I think that was completely due to uh, I believe Mike Not paying attention because Mike only has, like, one-and-a-half quarterbacks to begin with.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Dan, I think, ended up with Eason the first week that we ran claims, and I think Mike dismissed it. Uh, and then I didn't, One, I mean, 100% did not expect to get Mooney, and I think that was Schultz. Uh, was that Schultz that had uh, Mooney on his roster, and he didn't move him? So, yeah, I mean, basically, the manager has until game time, an hour before kickoff of the first game to move the player off the taxi squad and if they don't they get you know they get added to the team that want to sign them and i think we've had 12 to 16 claims this season and two of them have been let go and signed
1: right so So yeah it's not so much the frustration of losing the player but you do lose someone because you have to move someone off your active roster. Now, uh, you alluded to it earlier. The protection in place, too, that if you wanted to allow someone to go was uh, certain thresholds as far as, like, uh, if they end up a wide receiver, like, 24 or 12. And basically, there was a tiered system we don't need to get into that you would get a supplemental draft pick. But... Um, that that seemed like a good one, but do you think that's even playing a thought in anyone's mind?
2: I thought, yeah, I think uh, I think it's like a Bill Pel- Belichick strategic type part of the system that no one's taking advantage of. I mean, if if I'm a rebuilding team and I have a running back on a crappy uh, team, you know, around the league, name the team: the Jets, the Giants, the Washington football team, whatever. And somebody wants to sign them. Well, I'm going to let them sign them because if, if by some happenstance they finish as a running back two or three, I get another pick in the rookie draft. And I'd rather have as a rebuilding team a supplemental rookie pick draft pick than my roster spot taken up by a guy that's of no use to me because that team's probably going to draft another running back Next year anyway right. Or by the contact. time
1: he's useful You're gonna not be rebuilding uh, Like you'll still be Rebuilding while he's useful And at the very at the very best you can expect Maybe two, three years out of a guy And a real bad team Yeah I agree with you letting that out I guess an example of that And we kind of chit-chatted between you and me on it Was uh, I, I always love to call him out But our uh, dirty Frenchman uh, I tried to claim uh, LaMichael P. Ryan because of uh, Le'Veon Bell, and he scooped him back up, and I'm like, I mean, he dropped terrible player, or he got rid of a terrible player to keep him. So I mean, it wasn't a stupid move, but at the same time, yeah, like the the, the fact that Michael P Ryan is going to be any relevance will maybe be for a year or two at most, and if that happens, Axel's still going to be rebuilding because he clearly has the first pick almost every year.
2: Yeah, so. and, and nobody's going to trade him for P. Ryan, and yeah, I mean that was the one I was alluding to, and you and I talked about it, and it was just one of those things where his favorite team is the Patriots, but he's not thinking like his head coach because he should have let him walk and taken the you know third or fourth round supplemental pick in the rookie draft next year. Well, he's already got a bunch of picks then.
1: I think the uh, the perfect example is he is a Patriots coach. Uh, he would be the uh, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Where he's gone off and he's done his own thing, and he turned around and he traded away Nuke for yeah. Peanuts. So, uh, Yeah, this
2: is true. There's a lot of similarities there.
1: Uh, exactly. I mean, we, we, we all know Axel famously had either the second or third best team by my rankings coming out of the, the draft uh, for the startup for the league. And by the end of year one, he was already competing for the 101. And I yeah, think he, he got it. All, so. He
2: went. He went straight Bob. That's for sure. And traded to get handcuffs of running backs. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is very true. I've never put that together. Uh, well, Axel is is definitely Bob. That's for sure. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. But we don't need to bash him the whole episode. No, uh,
2: he's a great guy. Though.
1: He's a great guy. We love having him around, and he's actually one next next to you. Just because you and I are so simpatico on a bunch of things, I think my most enjoyable uh, guest I'm looking forward to having is Axel. Although it will cost me an arm and a leg trying to get a translator. Uh, not for his French, though, just his terrible English.
2: I think uh, I think that that was too soon to make a comment about it costing you an arm and a leg, Jason. Oh, uh, uh. that's bad form. <laughs> bad form.
1: Was not even thinking that. Oh man. You're terrible, man. You're terrible. Uh all right, so uh why don't we get into uh what we we came here to do, which is let's preview week seven of the Prestige Dynasty Worldwide League. Alright, so good. we're gonna start off with uh Team Chris nineteen fourteen versus El Oso Fuego. So uh, we we're, we're going to try to keep it a little shorter than how me and Gil did. So uh, if you what what I'd like you to do is come in and just uh, maybe give a couple of uh, shots on where you think uh, there's a big advantage or a big fall uh, failing of a team this week as far as the matchup. And uh, just I'm a, I'm gonna let you take this one.
2: Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I think we start here. We got some scrappy teams. I think our league is comprised of, you know, we got a couple teams at the top, some scrappy teams in the middle, and then, well, the bottom feeders, the Dregs, who are competing for something completely different. Uh, these guys are scrappy. I mean, it's it, they're both kind of thin at the top, so they're scraping by. I think you uh, have a, a top-heavy quarterback for both in Mahomes and Josh Allen who could go toe-to-toe, but then you got to go Herbert over Drew Locke. Herbert's uh, just been playing at an elite level for some reason. Um, even though he didn't look like that kind of quarterback coming out of college.
1: Well, I'll tell but you, got... I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because Axel traded him for peanuts, and so he is <laughs> he is getting some major karma. And everyone knows. I know about karma.
2: This is true. Yeah. So one of my rules that I have now is, whenever you steal a player, I trade them away if I have them in another league because they're going to get hurt. And another rule I should implement is if actual trades a player away, I should go get them in another league because they're going to be really good. Uh, that's a fair assessment. Uh, you know, you got two, you got two running back positions that are hurting from uh, both from injury. We had we would add Saquon versus CMC, but they're both out. So you got so we've got the pristine matchup of Tony Pollard versus James Roberts Robinson and old David Johnson versus Hunt. So that's kind of a wash. And you got – I think you got to give the advantage of wide receiver to Chris. He's got Julio and Diggs, and you're going against Boyd and D.J. Moore, two kind of slottish receivers. And then you got uh, Evan Ingram and Fells. Nobody cares. And then, you know, I think in the flex position, uh, i probably slightly lean towards Chris because he's got Galladay and Chenault, and Judy is – not been looking like what he was at Alabama for some reason, and then Philip Lindsey, who I think Melvin Gordon's back this week uh, if he doesn't take any more trips from the bar to home. So I think this is actually going to be a pretty close match. Sleeper has it by one point, and I think it'll be close. Um, I think I think right now I would give the edge to Chris, which he has by a point, but I think it's I think it's almost a push. I don't think you could put an over under on it.
1: Okay, so I'm going to interject a couple of ideas here. Uh, so the big one is And I've, I've kind of alluded to this That I get frustrated with people that aren't uh, Setting their lineups before I do These preview shows because then it make, it Leaves me to basically tinker uh, And go through everything So yep. the big one And we're, we're going to get to the other side Of this later Sorry to say for you But is Chris is sitting on Gio Bernard And there is a good chance Joe Mixon Doesn't play this week I believe he did not practice again today and you know, I could see didn't. him going in for Tony Pollard easily.
2: Yeah, I think you'd definitely sub him in. If if Mason doesn't play, you sub Gon in because he's got a decent matchup. I mean, I think you could say the same for Philip Lindsay, though, right? If, Lindsay, if Melvin Gordon plays, you swap out, you know, Gordon for Robinson, put Robinson on flex and move Lindsay out of your lineup. I mean, I think that that's probably a fair...
1: Yeah, I I would agree on that Uh, The other thing I would say is uh, I'm looking at uh, Mike Williams sitting on the bench for Chris And with the the hampering of Keenan Allen Also a topic coming up later Sorry, Clay But uh, with his back being a slight issue Believe it or not Mike Williams is the more healthy receiver in Los Angeles (laughs) I could see him getting slid in for LaVisca Chenault, who is kind of questionable, and I think we can all agree that uh, the real dominance outside of DJ Chark, who is the clear-cut number one, has been Keelan Cole out of the slot. He has just been dominating.
2: Yeah, I think I think Chenault is the three or the running. He's the running back three or the wide receiver three, depending on you know where he lines up. But Williams has got a better matchup versus Jacksonville. As well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, oh, what's his name, Jorts, the quarterback for Jacksonville, has a, a long week going up against uh, Bosa and Melvin Ingram's back. So he may not have time to throw the ball anyway.
1: That's true. And That's true. So I, I guess the, the big thing, too, is I think I would, if it was me personally, I would curb... Uh, with putting in either Geo or Williams for LaVisca just because on the other side you got James Robinson and if anyone's going to thrive with the passing game struggling it's going to be the running back so I, I I just feel like LaVisca Chennault unless he gets one big play is going to be kind of an afterthought this week
2: yeah and plus you've got the narrative that some people go with and I sometimes I give it some credence that if your opponent has Justin Herbert and there's a chance that you have the wide receiver that could go off, you can counteract Justin Herbert by playing Mike Williams, which in the last game before they went on their bye would have worked because Mike Williams had almost all of Justin Herbert's you know touchdowns. So
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. So I think we're both in agreement. we're going to take Chris, although I will say the wild card for me is um, going to be if Drew Locke struggles. Uh, that does hurt Judy, but we we talked about maybe Judy being out too of the lineup, so uh, that could be the X factor that really changes the game. But I think we're both in agreement that Chris is going to win. Uh, so yeah, moving,
2: yeah, I mean, oh, could Lock put up three points last week. I mean, Locke could put up five points again. Herbert could put up twenty to twenty five, and Josh Allen's playing the freaking Jets, so Josh Allen could put up like a thousand points.
1: He could, or he could also put up 10 points like stupid Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger did for me.
2: This is true.
1: Oh, I hate that cheeseburger munching bastard. Excuse my language. Anyways, let's move on. Let's go to uh, next up is uh, the now 10-2, and 2, no longer undefeated thanks to you. Look what you made me draft versus the Untouchables, who is still currently in last place, but at least has a tied record with two other teams now. Yep. So uh, at, at, at the quarterback position, I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me at all. We can we could skimp unless Daniel Jones has some sort of great game, and maybe Sterling Shepard does make it back, and that changes things a little bit for him, opens up the field, because he has a more dependable slot receiver. Uh, I I don't think anyone's going to pick against Russell Wilson in this quarterback matchup, correct?
2: Yeah, you have to go uh, dangerous Russ right there.
1: Exactly. And then uh, over at the running back position, we got uh, DeAndre Swift after a surprising, surprising uh, uh, showing last week versus Adrian Peterson and then Chase Edmonds versus Chris Carson. Uh, so basically it looks like two high-end guys with two guys that can potentially do well, but could also fall flat in their, their faces. So which which way are you leaning on the running backs?
2: I think it, I don't know. It's hard because I think uh, Swift and Peterson had a good matchup against Jacksonville and I mean, I'm a Falcons fan so I'll hate on them harder than anyone, but Surprisingly, the one area that's been good is stopping the pure run. So that, I think, takes Peterson out and makes it so swift. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a wash, but I'd, pro- I'd probably give it to – probably have to give that to Chris, too, because you'd expect Arizona to have to throw to keep up and Edmonds is the passing down back.
1: That is no. true. That That's kind of what I was going to bring up on Edmonds is everyone's so enamored with the Drake game last week. He did get a lot more play than he normally has. But the big thing Drake's been has been terrible at catching the ball, and he's been doing around 20 carries a game. And with the Seattle, like you said, it's going to be a real high-paced game, and Edmonds is just a better player, I think. Uh, the big factor, though, is obviously Chris Carson is the best running back for fantasy purposes this year out of the matchup, but I, I think I agree with you. I'll give it to Swift and Edmonds getting all that passing work. So uh next up at the receiver position, I think we can uh safely skip over the fact that Hopkins and Ridley are better than Cooks and Woods.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah. I and mean, not even that's not even mentioning the matchups. That's just straight up.
1: Exactly. And then on top of that, let's just skip over the fact that Kittle is gonna destroy Higby. Because Higby had one massive game and everyone thought things were going to be great, but since then he's been crap. So, I mean, like, do you even believe in Higby at this point?
2: I think you have to call what happened last year a fluke because, uh, what's his name, the other guy in the backfield uh, is Hurt, who I actually think Chris has. Um, oh, Gerald, you're talking about I mean, Gerald Everett? Everett? was Hurt last yeah. year. Kittle goes. I mean, uh, Higby goes off and uh, Everett's back and now Higby is back to a pumpkin.
1: That's true, that's true So, uh, And then finally we got The uh, the flex position We got uh, Mike Evans And CeeDee Lamb uh, Versus Justin Jackson And Sammy Watkins
2: Yeah I'm, Come I'm, on is that, Was that a question or are you just making it I think it's <laughs> well, just a statement you were making It <laughs> is
1: It is a statement but here's here's the thing And I, I proposed this to you Very very uh We're in the what what if world Uh, Mike Evans is hampered Vegas has actually been decent against the pass Part of that is both these teams Have really slowed down the game a lot With the run game Uh, And then clearly I don't think we can trust Andy Dalton To be anything other than The oh crap catch up uh, producer Because I think the first like nine passes of his Went almost exclusively to Zeke uh, last week. So, is there a world where Justin Jackson continues to outperform uh, Kelly, and he is a massive, massive uh, sleeper for this week against Jacksonville's creamy defense?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you could definitely see a what if scenario where this matchup is closer than it should be, and part of it is because Evans, if 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 Godwin's been on the field, Evans is only getting like three targets a game and they're like one yard for one touchdown. And Jackson gets a awesome matchup against Jacksonville. And we just saw DeAndre Swift have a monster week. And then I, so I personally, if you, if you look, I would actually probably play James Washington over Sammy Watkins because Washington has been getting decent run and he's playing Tennessee, which you figure would be a higher scoring game for both teams than, you know, old hamstring Sammy against Denver. And Kansas City's probably just going to run the ball and run the clock out because Drew Locke can't keep up. I,
1: I would agree with you on the the Sam the Samstring Watkins uh, is a terrible play, especially since he is currently banged up again. And uh, Washington was my pivot as well. The only thing I will put caution – I'll put up cautiously – is uh Washington's been getting more run while Deontay Johnson's been out. And he is by all accounts gonna play this week, and I think that might hamper him a little bit. But I do agree with you it being a higher scoring game, and the fact is he is still uh one of the deep threats along with Chase Claypool. Uh that's the real kink in this offense, man. They got like they have too many options. They have too many options that are all Good but not great. And so
2: they still have
1: Juju. Well, and that's my point is Juju's good, he's not great. Uh Claypool is good, not great. He could be great, but I mean he he's still kind of raw and he's developing. And then he's an athletic beast. Exactly. And, and you know what? Eventually teams figure that out and they, they, they can stop him. Uh, and then on top of that, Washington is probably maybe the most skilled of the receivers they have it's just he's never put it together and i i think his head's not 100 percent in it uh so we got a call i'm gonna try to reach back to you we're gonna pause it right here though uh so i'll i'll get back with you uh clay and we'll we'll pick this up all right And game back on. Alright, we're back recording. Sorry, I know in podcast land that didn't take very long, but we went out because some dude decided to smoke some uh, bad stuff and be an a-hole for a little bit. Uh, But he didn't want our help, so... Anyways, uh, we're back. Where did we leave off? I believe we were on... We pretty much finished. Yeah, we pretty much finished up. Look what you made me draft versus the Untouchables. Are we both in agreement that um, Gary's got no shot and he's going to continue to suck?
2: Yeah, I don't think he he really has a chance here unless uh, Taylor Swift just takes another tumble off the stage.
1: Oh man! All right. Well then, uh, let's move on to uh, probably my favorite matchup of the week. Uh, we have. Two teams that are vying In the wrong direction For a chance to Continue to remain tied with uh, The Untouchables And that's team Axel Tricod Versus uh, Georgia Dogs For Life So wh- what is there to say Like wh- why don't you take us down This matchup
2: Yeah I think well first of all I just noticed this And I forgot when I went through actually, I actually made a Pretty decent trade, in my opinion. He traded Johnny Smith straight up for Evan Ingram, which I uh, take Smith ten times out of ten over Ingram. So I, I will acknowledge we give him a lot of crap, but that was actually a pretty savvy trade. I think that that's going to pay off because there's a chance Ingram goes the um, the retirement route in the next couple of years because of injuries.
1: Well, well, you 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 are failing to recognize that I did compliment sandwich him. But in reverse, w- but in reverse, where I, I had a, a bun made of crap, and then he had uh, what can only be described as a value menu sized patty of good trade with the Johnny Smith Evan Ingram trade, in comparison to the other bun of crap on the other side. This is fair.
2: This so. is fair. I think. Uh, I, I don't. I don't understand why Mike is, uh, what is that, like almost an 11 point favorite, 10 point favorite. I, I don't understand that. I would probably, uh, I'd go Murray over Dalton. I hope that anyone that watched them just play against each other would also. I'd go Burrow over Bridgewater. I think New Orleans comes out of the five pissed off because they suck and they don't want to suck. And I definitely like Burrow. Uh, I. Well, okay, now it gets interesting. So you get to the running backs. Ronald Jones, Jarek McKinnon. Is Jarek McKinnon the guy? I don't know. But if he is, uh, New England actually is runnable. If you want to run on him, you can't throw on him. You'll run on him. And Ronald Jones is, well, he could have a good game or he could get uh, passed up by Leonard Fournette again. Singletary is playing the Jets, so I guess that's a good matchup. And Axel has uh, Damian Harris, who... Uh, I didn't even know he still existed.
1: Well, believe it so. or not, believe it or not, Damian Harris actually has only played two games so far this season, and he has been good in one of them.
2: Yeah, so he's got a fifty-fifty shot, I guess.
1: I suppose. I mean, defense. he did. He did run seventeen for a hundred yards in Week Four against Kansas City.
2: Yeah, I mean, Sony Michelle did that one time too. So whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Well. whoa. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, uh, so I, I think the I big one... I... Oh, sorry, go ahead, you go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, I mean, I guess as I look down the list, actually, I can understand why. Uh, <laughs> Axel actually only has an advantage in, like, two spots because uh, DK Metcalf and Cooper Cup uh, definitely have the advantage over Gallup and Higgins. I still would give Axel John over Logan Thomas, but that's a bottling matchup, bottom-of-the-pile matchup. And then... Uh, I would go Will Fuller over Ayuk, but Claypool is definitely over Cobb. So, yeah, I guess I can see where Mike's actually favored to win.
1: So, my my problem with the flex here is, I think Claypool and Fuller could potentially be a wash. Yeah, I agree. But the problem is, not only is... I mean, Ayuk's a big question mark, too, especially with all the weapons back in San Francisco. But, uh... It's not just Cobb, it's Cobb being played along with Fuller really capped any real chance of getting value from both those guys simultaneously, I think.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I would, I was just looking, I would probably go Deshaun Jackson over Randall Cobb. I think that the Giants have been shadowing the number one, and the number one for Philly right now is Fulham. so Deshaun Jackson has a shot to go off. And I would definitely play him. I think I would actually for Axel. I know that I don't know. I know he's been burned by Smith, schuster and Kirk. I would probably play one of them for IU because unless IU takes like a, a pop pass, you know, fifty yards for a touchdown, I think he could have a pretty small day against New England. So yeah, I agree with you. I think they have better options than IU can top.
1: Right. So so for me, I would I would be benching. Uh, uh, Iuke and maybe even Gallup too. And on Axel's side, I think his better plays are uh, as much as we crap on Juju, he has the most opportunity on Axel's team. And then um, the other one is Adam Humphreys. Uh, the dude's not the greatest, but he has been producing out of the slot kind of a lot. And then on top of that, the Christian Kirk thing. He showed you last week that he is a viable deep threat. And they're going to have to be in a shootout with Seattle. I I feel like those are all three options, two of which should get played over Gallup and uh, and Iuk.
2: Yeah, and I think you also should probably play Hawkinson over Janu because he's got an ankle issue. He not practicing, and Hawkinson is playing Atlanta, whose defense, as we all know, is trash. And uh, Tanyan's three touchdown game came against the Falcons. So exactly. I would so. definitely play him. I, if Axel played the right guys, I would give Axel uh, the advantage here and the win. But Axel's going to Axel, so I guess we have to give it to Mike.
1: So I don't know if I can quite do that. I'm really skeptical on Bridgewater. Um, I think that
2: would you play Breeze over Bridgewater?
1: Yes, I, I would absolutely I would too. play Breeze. So. It, uh, smart money would say he's going to start Dalton and Breeze I think that although McKinnon has the ability, I think Ronald Jones is going to be used What well. he, he's been a pretty good, I think he's what a top, uh, let's check oops, accidentally hit Bridgewater uh, Ronald Jones a is, is a top a, 12, he's top a running back, running back one this season um, I mean, that's, that's impressive, now part of that is because they haven't had a bye week yet but, I mean, he, he's running well, uh, he's improved his catching, he's improved his durability. And then on top of it, uh, although Zach Moss is back full strength, I think he sticks with Singletary, and honestly, either one of those guys against the Jets is a good play. Uh, the one that's really confusing me, and he's been notorious for setting terrible lineups until game time, and then he goes with his and actual... swapping him out. yeah. yeah. But uh, I would expect Randall Cobb to be out. Uh, You mentioned... um, Who did you mention? You mentioned D-Jax. I don't know if I trust... I don't trust a divisional game for a guy who's been off injury with a situation that's so awful. And I know D-Jax can go off and stuff. But I alluded to it before. He's got Keelan Cole on his bench.
2: Yeah, and he's actually been playing Keelan Cole.
1: Uh, a lot and keelan cole yeah. is the number 20 uh i think he's a little different in our rankings but based on what sleeper says he's the number 20 qb uh half his games have been double digits one of them was barely shy at 10 points and he's been running uh in the 70s on snap count and i mean like his targets there everything i i know that it's been touchdown dependent uh, and reception dependent and uh Last week was the first time he had any good yardage, but I mean, he's another option I would love over Cobb.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I, I probably, I think I would probably go Cole over Djax as well, and in that order. But I would definitely probably play those. I would you would you play Logan Thomas? Because I'm not sure uh, that I would go. I mean, he doesn't really have any other options. But I don't. If Akins is back, I mean, you'd expect that to be a high-scoring game. He was a tight end one in Houston before he got a concussion. It's kind of hard um, to
1: jump on that bandwagon because Darren Fels tends to get the touchdowns, touchdowns there. Touchdowns, yeah. And that's the kind of position where, unless you have a high-volume target yardage kind of guy, like the top like ten guys, you're you're constantly. Hoping for a touchdown, and for me, that's just not a a yeah, sure thing. You
2: can, yeah, you can write an negative on Ian Thomas too, because Waller went off for what 100 and however thousand yards and a touchdown against New Orleans. But I think that that's unfair to Waller to put Logan Thomas in the same conversation. And Dallas's defense is trash too. So I guess that's probably the best play.
1: Yeah. So so for me, uh, you you say if. If Axel plays the right players, he's the advantage. I'm gonna disagree. I think that if either Bridgewater pulls through a little bit or Mike gets off his butt and puts in um, Drew Brees, I I think I take Mike out to win no matter what.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think the only way that Mike doesn't win is if he leaves his roster the way it is, and Axel does a few tweaks. I think it could be close, and it could come down to how many players you're having shootouts. And Axel has, you know, a lot more players. I think that could be in shootouts. Very true. Yeah, Mike.
1: So I will say the one thing that really worries me about maybe flexing Hawkinson is um, the the emergence of Full Cam or Full ham, however you say yeah. it. So. I'm actually, uh, so I'm bittersweet. Uh, people, I don't know if you realize it, I had him on my team. I, I picked I picked up a, uh, what was it, um, the Jets receiver that had like two really high target games, but one of them sucked, and then I dropped him for Fulgham. And then someone dangled Trey Burton ahead of me, and I was just like, "Man, I'm not the strongest at depth on tight end." So I took Trey Burton. It was a good pickup. Trey Burton did well, but and 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 there's reason for me to think that I can, in a pinch, play him, and bear fruit. But the thing is, man, I I looked on on your roster because you ended up with Fulgham. And I, I was shockingly surprised how well he's been in the three weeks. I thought it was just one or two weeks. He's been one of the best receivers in the league through three weeks, the last three weeks.
2: Yeah, and I was—I uh, kind of follow different uh, team reporters. Adam Kaplan covers the Eagles. He actually, I don't know if you saw this, he went on a podcast with Evan Silva, and he, he talked about how the team has basically said Fulham is an uh, ex-receiver. And that uh, You uh, you have probably some interest in that Because you know who used to be the ex-receiver Who is still mysteriously hurt, right?
1: Yes, he's on my team, of course Yes,
2: so I I Yeah, I mean, I think I might have looked into A starting wide receiver on a team That I think, yeah. is just suffering Massive injuries so.
1: So, so I will say they are notoriously Good at um, I mean, until this year has been really Different because they put a high draft Pick in Rager yeah. But uh they're notoriously good at either picking up uh other people's veterans or going with like late round guys and undrafted guys. Um it it seems like the the big name guys tend to not work out there. I don't know what it is. I think there's just some terrible, I mean, they have like three different curses for the Eagles, but some terrible curse or something, so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah
2: it's like the Patriots if you, if they draft the wide receiver high He's gonna be trash but they'll take other people's trash and make them star wide receivers.
1: Exactly it's crazy so um, all right, so I, I, I think uh, we're a little split but not by a ton on this matchup. Uh, so let's just move on to a more in just a, a PSA to the the guys. I know they're they're all hoping to get last place because they're clearly not in it this year. But uh, please do your best to set your best lineups. I, th- I I I think most people have been pretty good about that. But nothing's more frustrating than you getting uh like the Colts yeah like the the Colts situation to tank for luck. Like they clearly purposefully lost games, and that's just not cool. It's it it's better to be competitive even if it ends up hurting you a little bit. It, it's just better for the league. So.
2: Yeah, and that, so we actually have two, right now, two items on the docket to talk about next off season, And the, one is the taxi squad. The other one, actually, you added, asked me to add, and that's uh, how to compensate for, you know, tanking and being really competitive. So that's the thing that will be interesting to hear opinions on next off
1: season. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I think what we may have to do is... Uh since I'm out now the commissioner of the, the Keeper League, and you're, I think uh, we should probably have the discussions and things, but I'm going to have people write in um, questions or thoughts and stuff, and I'll actually maybe do a podcast, kind of get everyone's thoughts out there and stuff, and kind of work through. Because I, I, I know some people tend to think that I'm kind of a homer for myself and some other stuff, but I like to think I've been pretty honest on evaluations. Uh, even the times that like I'm picking myself in a tight spot, I'm telling you why, and then on top of that, I'm, I'm telling you I'm not feeling good about it. I already did it earlier today. Um, you didn't hear it yet, obviously, as we're still recording, but uh, I tend to think I, I work through all the different progressions as far as angles to look at pretty well, and I'm pretty even-handed, so uh, maybe put a note on that, and we'll try to get something like that going so we can get... People more interacted with the uh, the podcast, and we can get maybe a, a second medium in there to to discuss these issues.
2: Yeah, yeah, that'd probably be a good idea.
1: All right, so moving on, let's get back to the matchups. We got Zeke and Destroy versus Jones and For some TDs. Now, Jones and For some TDs is coming off a big win. It looked like he might have actually dropped to I think Mike last week, but then he pulled out with a strong finish. Uh, Zeke and Destroy is on the other end. I think he's... Uh, I, I, the, the big thing I've been seeing is uh, Mr. Greenwood's got a pretty strong starting lineup team. He's hurting some depth, but he's just had some bad luck. So he's 5-7 and seven now, still early to turn around, whereas Zeke and Destroy had a real strong start, and he's starting to peter out a little bit. So um, what do you think about this quarterback matchup?
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting because Dan has... Lamar on by if he didn't you know you would think Rodgers and Lamar would have a clear advantage but uh, I I think that actually it's probably closer than some people would say and I might even go with Chris here I can see a scenario where Brady Las Vegas just boat raced Kansas City and beat them so uh, I realize they have a decent defense but they're playing at Las Vegas so they're traveling across the country and I can see a scenario where Brady has to put up points and Wentz is putting up points because he's having to do everything on his own, and you know he's got a couple rushing scores. And we just we just saw a different Rodgers, and it was garbage. And then Minshew is what he is, and he's about to go across the country and play a pretty good defense that's getting Melvin Ingram back, so they're going to have premier edge rushers coming off both sides, and he has happy feet. So I actually I'm not actually lean towards Chris on the QBs. So I don't know what do you think.
1: Uh, so, uh... I I do agree on the Minshew thing as far as facing a tougher defense. I will say what does help him is he is traveling across the country, but he's going west, which is notoriously better than going east, because your games are later. This is pretty much a night game for him, because he's playing at 325 in the afternoon. So, I don't know if that really makes a difference for him. Um, on the Rodgers end, um... I'm really interested to see if this was a one-off or not. Uh, Houston's defense sort of showed up last week as far as making some plays, but they're still a terrible defense as far as giving up yards. And I think I think for all, all the shortcomings of Rodgers, I think a lot of that is more what the teams put around him rather than himself. And I think he kind of gets in his own head some games, and you turn up having a, a crap burger like he did uh, last week but um, at the same time, he's also one of those guys that really feeds off energy, so I could see him blowing up huge this week, especially with him not uh, getting... I, I think a real key to it was Aaron Jones, what? He rushed 10 times for 15 yards last week? Yeah. So, I mean, that was... Uh, I, I think when you have a stifled run game, that hurts him, especially when he only has one good receiver right now. So I I and I just think he's looking to bounce back. So I think it's a little interesting. Uh, would you sub in Tannehill for either Chris's uh, players or?
2: Man, I think that I think that's a hard decision because you're talking like you you've got the Bucks and Pittsburgh maybe are the two most elite. I mean, I guess the Ravens, especially today, since they traded. Uh, for in but I mean Pittsburgh's defense is just like it's it's really good. So I I don't know, and I I also so I guess it's about exposure too. I mean, do you really want to have two different players exposed to that defense and Tannehill and Henry? And it, and I think if I had to choose, I would I would probably keep what he's got, and I'd rather just have Henry. I don't think I don't think I would want to have Henry and Tannehill because you're setting yourself up for a disaster if that game turns out to be a disaster, you know?
1: that That is true because Henry is not a pass-catching back for the most part, so that really does limit the upside they can combine together. Uh, I will say, though, Montana Hill, since moving to Tennessee, has been balling out. I think he's only had, like, two games under 20 points and both of them have been pretty close to 20. Um, he's he, He's got weapons now, I, I didn't bring it up uh, when it when it first hit and then I totally just spaced out on it because I got you here on the phone did you see the sleeper update that just came across uh, a couple minutes ago no uh, so AJ Brown is having some issues with his uh, is. with his practice um, let me see if I can pull it up it says uh, yeah he was added to the injury report today with a knee injury and did not practice.
2: Was it did they say that it was the new knee injury or if it's the because he actually he actually missed practice and was limited last week too right so the, the the, bruise, the big
1: con- the bone bruise. I would assume it's the same one but the big concern is that he practiced fully yesterday and today he didn't practice at all so I'm assuming yeah, it's the same knee but it could be a flare-up of it we don't know how serious it is but the hits just keep coming man. So yeah, yeah, I will yeah. say, if AJ Brown is on the field, I don't care about the exposure enough that I will play. Tan- I would play Tannehill over Wentz. Um, we you talked about boat races. I don't see a scenario on earth where the the Giants Philly on a Thursday night tonight <laughs> is a boat race. I mean, it's possible, but I really don't see a scenario. So. Especially with Miles Sanders not playing for once. Like, who's he down to? He's got Fulgham, and he's got...
2: Richard Rogers.
1: Richard Rogers, exactly, because <laughs> Goddard's not back yet. Ertz is out. He's getting d back. But, man, you saw the last time when they missed uh, time together and they first came back, he was sailing crap, and... They, they just couldn't get on the same page right away, so I I, I don't trust those learning curves, or the, the getting back into the groove curves. So if it was me personally, uh, maybe even without A.J. Brown, but for sure with A.J. Brown, uh, I would play Tannehill, even with the Derrick Henry uh, concerns.
2: Yeah, I think the heart. Part about that decision is he's got to make it in the next few hours because Wentz has a Thursday night game. So exactly, kind
1: of and he, he might not be listening to this podcast before then to help him out with these things. So. This true. So I'm, um, going. So I'm actually going to lean. I'm going to give the advantage to Minshew and Rodgers. I know you're concerned about the happy feet and stuff, but uh, the one thing that I am surprised with is even though he's just a ordinary back, uh, Robinson's been pretty decent in the past game, and I think Rodgers is the big key factor. Brady's the kind of guy that I think he's going to disappoint because I think Ronald Jones is going to be more the focus this week because they don't want to get into a race. They have a better defense than Vegas, so I, I just view it as that that's how they're going to treat it, um, and I just think Rodgers is going to go bananas. so uh, I'll give that advantage to them, but it, it's completely narrative-based, so uh moving on to the running backs we got zeke and Gurley versus henry and aaron jones the aforementioned aaron jones a couple of big names or all big names but uh some of them are clearly not as uh meaningful as they used to be uh where where are you leaning on this running back situation
2: i mean i think i'm gonna have to go chris again i think if Rodgers is successful. It's going to be because of Jones. I mean, you're you know you're out there, and Houston has two, three, maybe defensive players, but that are any good. But one of them is Bradley Roby, and he's been dominant this year. So and he's shadowing all number one receivers. So I think if if Adams gets taken out of the game, and we just saw what a Derrick Henry rush for, like 250 yards against. Uh, Houston Uh, I give that
1: as a caveat That uh, the last like 97 yards of that Don't count Because Houston had clearly just like I don't know Maybe they were just Not paying attention in overtime it was hilarious because I put out the whole thing, that I needed overtime points from Deshaun Watson, and the next thing I know, Derrick Henry gets a carry and it's done. And the
2: game's over. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I I was I was sitting there just looking at the little ticker on Sleeper, and I was just dumbfounded. I was like, "Final? Yeah. What?" And then I looked, and I'm like, "Geez, man." So, um, any concern on Zeke on the other side? That that uh, line is decimated. Yeah. So yeah, now- I mean,
2: Washington, there's one place that they're good, and that's their their freaking monster defensive line. And Chase Young's back. So, I mean, I think, you know, I'm not worried about the fumbles, but the they're, they're Dallas Cowboys are down to their, like, third string center now or something, and no starters from last year left because Zach Martin has a concussion and might not play. I, I, how are you not worried about Zeke? And then Gurley is just
1: old busted. Agreed. I think I think right now the only so so here's the thing with Zeke is um, I do think something that helps his base a little bit as I think with Dalton he is going to get like six to eight catches. Uh, The question is his efficiency on it, and that's a that's not even a dependent of the play drop. It's uh, more a dependence of whether Washington overcommits to Dalton and let Zeke get a little more room if he's going to actually put up some good receiving yards. But either way, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up having more receiving yards than rushing yards. And that's not in like a, he went bananas on the receiving end. It's not a good thing. But, yeah,
2: no, I agree. I mean, I mean, and the bad part about it is it's not like they're Alvin Kamara hit him in stride receiving yards. They're just Leonard Fournette dump off receiving yards that he turns and runs two yards before he gets smacked because... Dalton couldn't hit him in
1: stride Agreed. I, I would say it's probably also like a, a four a four improvised play to every one design play as far as a pass for him. So right. and, and that's always never good. Now, I mean sometimes you're wiggling loose, things happen, but generally your yards after catch are not great on improvised plays unless it's really uh, extended out of the pocket play, which is something I just don't see Dalton doing with that line right now.
2: Yeah, I agree
1: so um and then Gurley any any concern uh he was in limited fashion doing pretty well most weeks and then the big coaching change I know it's more defensive end than anything but it supercharged the Falcons offense and he was really not needed even in a game they controlled most of it
2: yeah but that has to worry right I mean the Falcons were up like by 20 something points before halftime and Gurley still didn't even break you know $100. I mean the dude got I think he had like 20 carries or something. He
1: did. It was his so. sec it was his second most. His Here's the funny thing. So, I'm looking at his stats right now. The two games he got 20 or more carries, 20 and 21 carries was against Minnesota and Dallas. Now there's two things with those teams. They both have pretty good run defenses and awful pass defenses this year. But both times, he averaged under three yards a carry and ended up with single-digit fantasy points. All his other games were double digits, and the most carries he had in any of those other games were 16. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, you would, you would think. I mean, you would think that the over-under is pretty big. You would think that this game is going to be high-scoring. You would also expect that... In order to keep up with Stafford and, you know, Baby Tron That Matt Ryan's going to have to throw to Julio and Calvin Ridley So, is that... And Gurley hasn't been catching passes
1: That's right? true I mean, he's had a couple of That's- games with, like, four or five But it's not, like, what you're expecting and used to Especially since he's, uh... I mean, he's a bigger version But he's kind of a... I, I, I don't want to compare them But they're very similar in how they could be used as him and Devonta Freeman in the same offense
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I and, 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 it's, and it's not that they're. Early, comp- that was that was one of his like strongest parts of his game when he was with the Rams, and now he's just getting a couple, if any, a game.
1: Yeah, I I think part of this is we've seen a resurgence of the, the old guard, a coach, a little bit in the NFL. So there's been a lot of these like new bright coaches, shiny coaches. But on the other end, I've noticed a lot of teams going back to the old reliable or unreliable coaches and, and and you're seeing a real clear difference in teams. Like the teams that are struggling right now are all teams that went to like the old school coach that I don't know how they keep getting jobs.
2: Yeah, and they want to run Adrian Peterson out there and let him run on first and ten and second and nine and third and
1: eight. Well, Gimli was just a poor choice, anyways. No one from Belichick's tree does well. I mean, Bill O'Brien flirted with some good stuff for a while, but that was entirely Deshaun Watson, and that was yeah. uh, that was in spite of him and Rick Davis. So.
2: I think the only I think there's two. I think Vrabel. I mean, you got to give him credit. Good point. Then, good point. Uh, What's his name down in Miami? I think he's doing a really good job rebuilding down there. Those are the only two right now.
1: I will say, yeah, so Miami's going to be the real key because remember, Vrabel did have a tenure with the Texans between the Patriots. Yeah. So I I, I think he had enough time to kind of figure out his own thing before doing it. I think the biggest problem is people go straight from Belichick into a head coaching spot. So they try to get too Belichicky with everything. Whereas I think Vrabel had enough time to kind of work out the kinks, get bounced around. Because he, I mean, he also, he wasn't an assistant coach like all these other guys were. And maybe that's the key. Is you you have your, your your coordinators and they seem to always do poor, whereas guys like Vrabel, he was a linebackers coach. The guy in Miami was wide receivers coach, I believe, and yeah. like that, that. Maybe maybe the point is guys that spend too much time with Belichick get ruined by Belichick, but the guys that just get enough exposure for a little while kind of flourish a little more.
2: Yeah, that's that's only possible.
1: So, anyways, let's get back into the matchup. We got um, those two. I think I agree with you. Uh, I think Aaron Jones, a bounce back. I think Henry is going to do enough, and Zeke's going to struggle. Uh, Gurley's kind of the wild card, but I'm going to go with you. I give the advantage on that side, too. Uh, big news for the Tannehill start, by the way. Johnny Smith has been upgraded to full, so... Yeah, I just uh, saw that. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm leaning more Tannehill than Wentz, so... Maybe he'll get wise, who knows. Uh, next up, at the receiver position, we have, uh... Yeah, well, Robbie's still good. So we'll do Tyreek Hill and Robbie Anderson versus Devonta Adams and Chris Godwin. Go.
2: Uh... This one's hard. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it, that Bradley Roby is actually pretty good, so I would really cut down on Devontae Adams, but I'm gonna go with the Adams and Godwin. I mean, there's just, what, Hill had uh, four points, and yeah, he could put up 30, but he could put up four, and Anderson is, you know, well, again, we're saying New Orleans is coming out of the bye with something to prove, so, and, you know Carolina is going to play them there so I think I'm going to go Adams and Godwin for sure over Hill and Anderson.
1: Now, two thoughts on it and I'm not I'm not saying I disagree with you in any way. Or actually, let me in three thoughts on it. So, um the first one is I think historically Denver struggles with uh speedy receivers like Hill. And although their pass rush has been pretty good, Pat Mahomes is definitely a QB that extends plays and lets Hill do Hill things. Um, So that's just a thought on that one where he could be the biggest producer out of all of them, especially if Roby does uh, at least hamper Adams. Um, Do you think Anderson's going to get the number one treatment or do you think DJ Moore is? They've, They've had pretty similar games last week, but Anderson has been the number one it seems like so far this season.
2: I mean, if you're gonna put um, if you're gonna put uh, the Saints, what's the corner? Quarter, their cornerback, the number one guy um, out of Ohio State. I think he Anderson's been moving around, whereas DJ Moore has been pretty much strictly running on one side of the field and running deeper down the field. So you would think that most of the time, your number one corners that don't go in the slots, you will put them on DJ Moore, and then maybe bracket. I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I'd go Anderson over DJ Moore. I just don't trust... I don't trust Carolina.
1: Right, so. yeah. So, and there. I will say the one thing is if he does... If he does anything, I think Bridgewater, it'll, because, it'll be because of Anderson. I, I don't think DJ Moore exclusively with Mike Davis can do that. Uh, and that alludes also a little later to the flex position, I think, maybe is hurting Robbie Anderson a little bit. Uh, so my third point, though, on the receivers is, uh... Broby, you said he's been shutting people down. Um, I haven't been paying a ton of attention. Uh, is, is this more a he's been shutting good number ones down or has it been more matchup-based? Because AJ Br- AJ Brown last week did fantastic.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it, Brown had before the touchdown catch in the corner, which it doesn't matter how good of a cornerback you are, you can't guard that. He only had 40 yards and a touch, and the touchdown was run after the catch, but outside of that, uh, Kirk, uh, what's his name for Kirk Cousins is the only um, Thielen is the only wide receiver that's put up a decent amount of yardage on him, he, but he shut down um, yeah, pretty much all the rest of the number ones, and they're not trash number ones. I mean, they're pretty good.
1: Um, okay. I don't know
2: if they're, they're as good as Devontae Adams. I mean, but, I mean, you got to play Adams because he's going to, at some point he'll get loose or they'll move him around because who else are they going to throw the ball to?
1: Right. So, yeah, that was just my thought on it. Now here's my other question on it. Roby, he was what, previously with Carolina? No, no. no. He was
2: or was he with the Eagles? Denver,
1: Denver okay.
2: I think it was with Denver. I, I
1: felt like there was a Roby in Carolina, and he was he was a he was like the number two or three guy in Denver when he was there, correct?
2: Yeah, because you know he was there when they still had wasn't T- uh, Tlaib there when?
1: Yeah, so Tlaib was the safety, or no? Yeah, I think he had. Moved... And they had Chris Harris. They yeah, had, they had. Yeah,
2: they were stacked. They, they had Talib, Chris Harris, right. and, and Roby. And
1: I want to say towards the end they moved Tlaib to safety. But um, it, it, as far as I remember, okay. So I was I was thinking of someone else then, um, but yeah, he he is a quality cornerback, so that worries me slightly because I have Adams in the uh, the keeper league. But I mean, honestly, who else is Rogers going to throw it to besides Aaron yeah, you, Jones? So
2: you got to play him, and you you would assume it's going to be a high scoring game, so. You know he's gonna force feed Adams. I mean I could see Adams having like 15 targets.
1: Right. So so if that happens, I you're like high target total. I don't disagree with you. I I take Adams and Godwin over. Uh, the only question is obviously Godwin's health. He's been hampered. Um yeah. And I know he's just back. He had he only he he was definitely way lower snap percentage last week, and he just did okay with his seven targets. Uh, nothing like I wouldn't have wanted to start him last week, anyways, with all the questions. So, uh, if if he's right, then yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, I think we could skip the tight ends. I don't, I don't see either of us picking Hooper over Kelsey, no matter the matchup. Correct. Correct. I mean, since he is a pretty sweet matchup, but
2: mm, yeah, it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> okay, now finally, do we have concern with the uh the flex? spots of Davis and obj I think Davis had his worst game as a starter last week and he kind of showed why he's just a guy and then obj had a terrible game uh or are they enough to take overtake the newly minted oh crap here's one Crowder did not practice so whatever we said about Crowder uh take that with a grain of salt he might not play this week <laughs> um light, light up your bill's defense I believe correct <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Oh, man, I'm so, gonna jet. I'm so glad I picked up the... Uh, so I dropped the Patriots defense for the Bills defense this week because we still have defenses nice. in the Keeper League, and I am supremely yeah. happy about that. Um, so anyways, Kenyon Drake coming off his super-duper game. Terry McLaren always seeming to get a touchdown a lot of the time. Great receiver. Uh, last two games haven't been great, but honestly, against the Rams, and against, against the Rams they couldn't do anything. Against the Giants they didn't have to do anything. Um, who who do you got in the flex position? Do you have the the better players or the guys that did it more recently?
2: Uh, man, I... <laughs> this is just trash. I'm sorry. Uh, it's hard for Dan because I'm looking through. I don't know who else he would play. I mean, I guess you could go Slayton over Mike Davis, but I'm with you. I don't know that I would want to start Robbie and Mike Davis. That's... That's a lot
1: riding right. on a Carolina team
2: that is overachieving. I think.
1: Now, now, do, do you have any? I know you're you're a big like looking at like real deep stuff with stats and like uh, actual matchup stuff. Um, and I haven't really been checking it so much. Is Robbie Anderson getting deep targets? Because he's a big fast receiver. Or has he been real short hit kind of guy this no, season? that's
2: that's been DJ Moore, which is you know obviously the opposite of. DJ Moore's the field stretcher this year, which is why he's not, those low percentage targets. And obviously, Teddy doesn't throw deep that great. And Robbie's been the possession underneath everything else target guy because Curtis Samuel is trash. And so, yeah, I mean, Robbie's, I, I, would, I would probably try and get Davis out. And he really doesn't have a choice. you got to roll with Beckham because, again, he doesn't, like, who else is he going to put in there? Fournette, Malcolm Brown. Danny Amendola, so i think i'd probably probably try and get slayton in there and get davis out but even if he does that i i think i gotta go with uh scary terry and kenya drake um i just don't trust beckham anymore
1: okay yeah i i think i agree with you on that even though i don't like drake but um i think i also agree so I'm looking at Davis. Davis, so, on the season, he didn't play the first game, really. He played barely any of the second game. Uh, I mean, no, that's not true. He had a lot of receiving yards, but he had no carries in the second game. And since game three on, he's been 19, 19, 25, 10. Great performer. He's number six on the season. Now, here's the problem with that a little bit, I see is against the chargers the panthers were up huge or huge against arizona um i don't remember the the arizona really destroying the panthers that much i thought it was a pretty competitive game uh atlanta sucked that week still so they destroyed atlanta and then chicago um that that's just a team that doesn't put up a lot of points These are all games competitive for a running back. Do you think that he is completely phased out, especially if Michael Thomas plays this week?
2: Yeah. I mean, you have to assume that New Orleans is going to just sprint by Carolina, and Carolina's going to have to throw to keep up. And, yeah, he's got some... He's actually caught a decent amount of passes, but, yeah. I I just... I, I wouldn't trust him this week, and I just... You know, that's like saying you really are trying to get a couple of Giants or Jets players in your lineup. Like, those are just teams you don't want multiple players because you know at any point they could go,
1: you know, they could go up, float upside down and die. And you're going to take two different zeroes because of it. Right. So so the way I'm looking at it is Kelsey is going to be the real huge factor. Um, I look across the aisle, and I think other than Kelsey, we've picked uh, Greet. We picked Greenwood for the advantage at the positions for the most part. Yep. Um. So, and and he does have some pivots over Drake if he wanted to. Uh, I know it's not very attractive, but I think that James White's gonna have to be involved with a bunch of catches because they proved that they can't. They can't be a traditional passing team, so I think it's a lot of running back dump offs. Um, there is the. I mean, honestly, that, and then if Michael Thomas doesn't go, Emmanuel Sanders becomes uh interesting again, I would say.
2: Yeah, yeah James White is the one I was looking at that I, I would consider my other as if, if Seattle's about a about race, you're going to see Chase Edmonds pass catching and not Drake. And you know you would assume that because 49ers are good at stopping the run, you don't put Damon Harris in there. You put James White in there who can catch a pass.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. so I, he's got I,
2: more pivots than than Dan. That's right.
1: right. So, so my my thought is, and it, it's entirely so if Michael Thomas plays, I think I might pull Davis out, and I know that's crazy, and put in Slayton because. But he'd have to make that decision tonight, you know. Tonight, unless yeah. unless he wants to do the pivot where it becomes a decision between Robbie Anderson and Mike Davis in the yeah. in the flex position. But yeah. I, I think I think against that Eagles defense, uh, with a still somewhat tough run defense, and especially if Sterling Shepard's active tonight um, from the slot, I think he helps open the like. Uh, draw in the defense's central a little more, and give Slayton a little more room to work on the outside. Uh, I, I, he's he's not the best receiver, but he's been shown he's shown a uh, propensity to have huge games. I think yeah. this might be one of those games.
2: And if you, I think if you want to keep up with Adams and Godwin, then you may want to have to play Slayton. But I, I actually, like, I think I would do you said. I would probably put Slayton in up at my wide receiver two and then wait till the end of the week and if Michael Thomas isn't gonna play, I'd play Mike Davis. If Michael Thomas is gonna play I'd play Robbie Anderson and just have them available to fill that that flex spot. I think that would be that would be a move I would go with, and that would give you a lot more ceiling.
1: Right, and then on top of that, I think another thing that could play a factor into it too is it allows a little more flexibility where even if it's not a Thomas thing, it's if you need upside versus reliability. Uh, right. if, if, if the matchup stays the way it is uh, on the other side, you're going to know if Carson Wentz did well or not. <laughs> And if slate yeah. if Slayton does well, then maybe you go with the safer pick, and you go with Davis over Robbie Anderson. Or if you view Anderson as the safer pick, um, I mean it, it. It's a thought. I know. I know it's really nitpicking. It's really hard to maybe bench the number six running back on the league, on the year, but like it, it's the same effect as I. I was talking about with um, there was another running back that I just, I don't understand how they're doing so well. Like, oh, like the the Rams running backs, like Daryl Henderson and stuff. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, I don't understand how these guys are doing so well. And I think the, the floor is going to drop out. Um, well, so I mean,
2: it's, it's, it's purely a, a faux record right now. I mean, think about it. You got Saquon out, you got CMC out, Nick Chubb went down, you know, you got all these, this will be Miles Sanders second, Game that he's missed, so you're you're missing like a ton of top twelve running backs, and so you know James Robinson is a top twelve running back, and Drake is because he had one good game. So,
1: right. So, all right. So, who are you picking for the win on this? I I know we kind of disagreed on the quarterbacks a little bit, and it also depends if Tannehill goes in or not. But um, most of the advantages have been on uh, Johnson for some TDs, although the biggest advantage is obviously at the tight end, which could shift the game entirely. Um, who do you got to win?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Jones and for some TDs. But I think, like you said, it. I really do think it comes down to Kelsey because in the past, Denver's biggest problem on defense, even when they had those three cornerbacks, has always been tight ends. So if Kelsey goes off, then that could be a big problem and could swing the match. But if not, I'm going to go with Chris.
1: I agree with you 100%. I'm in disagreement with uh, with Sleeper's projection. I do think Chris has the better top-down team as far as starters. And although I do like the quarterback slightly better on the opposite side compared to if Wentz stays in, I don't like him that much. So uh, I think yep. we're both in agreement. So. All right, and now for the thing everyone's been waiting for—the matchup of the commissioners, the FF Goonie, the Fantasy Football Goonie, versus the poorly named Fantasy Football Team. Now, first of all, I—I I never inquired this. I gave you crap on the uh, on on this podcast for not having a, a team name, because I believe it just used to be your name. Yeah. Um. And then you aptly turned around and called yourself the fantasy football team and told me, there you go, you got a name now. Did you do this as a kind of mocking joke to what Washington did?
2: Oh, yes. It was 100%. Okay. I mean, it wasn't originally this. I mean, I think Matthew Barry does, like, his beginning of the year 10 list of 10, and it was on, like, his his top 10 football, like, fantasy football team names. And... uh. When you brought it up, I thought it was a, a clever name, so that's okay. definitely what it's for.
1: All right, so we we didn't get to do this last week because Gil is playing me this week, and unfortunately I had him last week, but I really wanted to get a, a guy in, so we, we and Gil had actually been harping at me for a while about it. So props to Gil for getting me off my butt and getting this done as far as having guests on. Um, so why don't we go through... I'm going to let you run down. And then I'll, we'll go position by position. I'll let you lead it off. I'll react. But I, what I want to do, and I think it's going to be real fun, is I think you and I should try to honestly tell each other who you would actually play ahead if there's someone that you think is a better start. Because I, I already have a couple decisions, and I already know where I'm leaning. Uh, not big decisions, obviously. My team's pretty... I mean, it, we're we're both very deep teams, but I'm very uh top heavy uh as far as starters whereas you have a little more even keeled starters. So, um go ahead and start us off. Let's go with the QBs.
2: So you so I guess what you're saying is gonna take your team and you'll take mine and then we can talk about matchup as it is after that
1: no no uh, what i'm saying is let's go through the matchup and then at the end uh we'll, we'll go we'll go ahead and say play. if we would actually do something different with each team
2: okay uh well personally if i had to choose i would choose your two qbs over mine because i don't trust matt Ryan at all and matt Stafford is good but because of his stupid coach. If they can run the ball 50 times a game, they will. And so Stafford could end up like last week where his team scores a ton of points, but he only has 12 fantasy points. So thanks a lot. You suck. So I would take your QBs for sure. Uh, I am in just a bad place because I was stacked at running back with lots of depth, and now I have to play... David, opportunity, and Joe Mixon, who isn't practicing, so I would clearly take Kamara and Connor uh, because Mixon might not even play. Now let's of.
1: let's pause there for a second. So, um, so people that don't know from our our chat on GroupMe, but. I was the most notoriously vocal person about just getting destroyed by injuries. and for for true reason, early on in the season, I was by far the worst hit. I know Chris lost CMC, but I was just devastated like top to bottom. I think I lost something like by week two, I already had like six receivers out and like people were just dropping like flies. Um, but you made a point to kind of call me out. Because later on, I started getting a little healthier, and it wasn't as bad. And you started really racking up the injuries. So um, we're, we're both very devastated teams, but you're definitely the one hurting the most right now. With the exception of, I think we can clearly agree that I don't think this game would even be a contest if I still had Dak playing. Yeah, I mean,
2: who? Who's uh, who is playing this week? Uh, oh, they're playing Washington. Yeah. 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 Well. Mainly because also Cooper would be a lot better than he is now with Andy Dalton. Exactly.
1: So, anyways, uh, so I agree with you um, on that I have the better quarterbacks. I don't know if I agree with you that I'm going to outperform you at quarterback. Part of the reason is I think Green Bay, for all its issues, isn't the worst team on earth at pass defense. Uh, I think entirely the only reason they've been struggling a little bit is the, the ability to get pressure. And one thing the Texans is, are not known for is a strong O-line. And then the other thing is, with all these tiny, small receivers, they're not really known for short, quick-hit plays as much. They need larger chunk plays. So I think there is a scenario on Earth where... Green Bay gets enough pressure, and Deshaun disappoints. Um, Maybe. And, I... and and honestly, you're starting two guys that are facing each other off, both with terrible defenses aside from one strong cornerback. There, there's a scenario where that turns into a race that just completely helps you out.
2: Yeah, or there's a scenario where they both suck, and they score like 10 points between them because they bring each other down. Right. And and honestly,
1: they both have a run game that could potentially nullify them a little bit too.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. if they both coaches get their way, they're going to run the ball.
1: Okay, so the moving to the running backs, you were talking about Mixon. Do you think he plays or do you think he's out?
2: I mean, I would I would stop just know what I hope. I think he plays. I mean, he hurt his foot and came back in last week. He so hasn't he been
1: practicing there. this week at all, though.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, what's he been in the league like four years? Does he have to practice every day to play? Especially no. Especially at this, this point in the season. So, I, th- I think he plays. I think that they're just going to manage him. And he, I mean, I think if, I don't know, we would have heard something as far as an MRI or whatever. He wasn't going play. But that's also could just me be being wishful thinking. So.
1: Now, here's your conundrum. Uh, not not looking at anything else. You only have two people to pivot to. I know.
2: That's why it
1: sucks. And part of the problem is, one of the people you have to pivot to is playing tonight. Uh, yeah, he's
2: not a pivot. I'm not playing Boston Scott.
1: Okay, you're not? So you're you're completely out on Boston Scott, even though he's got a good matchup against the Giants. Yep. Okay, you're you're willing to roll the dice to get, uh to get Mixon in there, who I will say, last week doesn't quite count, because he did really well with really limited work. But aside from one huge game, he's been quite a disappointment. Yeah, I agree. I think he has been, and he
2: has been getting all the work, he's just not getting uh, any production out of all that work. So, I think last week, though, would have been a bigger game had he not had to leave and give old Mustache Geo some run And let him get a touchdown And it's kind of very pissing me off
1: a lot Right, so so here here's the deal So if you don't have Mixon Since you won't play Boston Scott Your only pivot is to go to Daryl Henderson Yep Now, knowing Mixon's hampered And knowing what they've been doing On offense because that line has been awful Is it much of a drop off To go to Daryl Henderson from Mixon In his current state?
2: Well, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't mind if it was actually Daryl Henderson. But I tried to play him once already this season, and in that game, McVeigh's brilliance decided to give him like five touches, and Malcolm Brown got like twenty touches. So, well, That's
1: in surprising. all fairness, that was Week One, and he did get hurt.
2: No, no, no. That was no Daryl Henderson. I'm, I'm talking about Daryl Henderson. I played him like two weeks ago after he had a good game.
1: Than Malcolm Brown was oh, game. you're okay, so it wasn't okay, you threw me off with the five touches. It was it was eight touches and one target, but yeah. It was definitely a bad game. And that was against yeah. the Giants no less. <laughs> that was really confusing.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's what I worry about with Henderson is McVay wants to be Shanahan all of a sudden and he wants to play fifteen running
1: backs and you don't know which one. Okay So we'll move on then Either way, we both agree I have the advantage at running back At the receiver position As of right now, Keenan Allen is playing As of right now, Michael Thomas is playing Although he did show up on the injury report For a a hamstring today Which could also get in the way of him playing So let's start with assuming that he's playing Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper versus, in all honesty, let's call it what it is uh, it's probably more Allen Robinson and Tyler Lockett as your number one and two maybe AJ uh, Brown uh, you would
2: call I would. I mean I would probably actually say that Allen and Lockett are my one and two because Robinson has a bad quarterback and he has that volume
1: Really? So you think Allen's better than A.J. Brown this week?
2: Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, who's Jacksonville guy that's going to stop him, right? I mean, unless unless the old ball coach in, uh, um, in Los Angeles, who's an ex-running back and a defensive-lining coach, decides to run... Uh, Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson Until they puke their guts out I mean Keenan Allen should have a good
1: game Okay fair enough so so we got Keenan Allen We got Tyler Lockett Michael Thomas and Amari Cooper Who's winning that matchup Now keep in mind Lockett and Allen have much favorable matchups With Jacksonville and Arizona Especially since Lockett Is probably not going to get the number one treatment It'll be Metcalf Uh,
2: Yeah I mean I think this is the first place where, and maybe the only place, we'll see, but where I have an advantage. I mean, I would agree with you. I think, uh, you know, Thomas is hampered. Is he going to play? Even if he does, is he 100%? And unfortunately, no matter how good Amari Cooper is, his quarterback is, as we all saw in that primetime game, going to bring that whole team down. So
1: Correct. I So I would agree with you. The one thing I will say that gives a Cooper a shot at being highly relevant as if Scary Terry, Logan Thomas, and Antonio Gibson go ham on that terrible Dallas defense, and it becomes another situation where Dalton's got to finally throw past five yards. Because he, he he showed that once he finally took the training wheels off in a no-win situation, then he finally hit made uh, Cooper and Lamb... Relevant and honestly He made Gallup relevant and he kept going To him even though Lamb dropped Everything like Lamb, I mean sorry uh, uh, Gallup dropped everything which If if it wasn't for Gallup's Hands he actually would have had a big fantasy Day last week
2: Yeah he dropped a, a Wide open touchdown
1: And Yeah and a long bomb too I mean like he, it wasn't yeah. the only one he dropped
2: Yeah Well I think the question is and I think You know the question I would ask you is, can you see the scenario where Kyle Allen versus Andy Dalton turns into a 15 to 9 game and nobody wins because it's just a it makes your eyes bleed?
1: (laughs) I didn't really consider it with Kyle Allen. Uh, I will say that makes me less happy because the only way I see this real scenario of where Dallas needs to throw a bunch of balls. Is if Antonio Gibson goes crazy? I I, I could yeah. see Antonio Gibson getting like two sixty-plus yard touchdowns, and then this being a completely different game. Yeah, so. I think that's the that's that would be the hope because Dallas's
2: run defense is the worst in the world. I mean, King and Drake and the Browns put up what like three hundred yards on them when they ran all over them. So. That's true. That could be the game-changer that helps you, you know, Mari carry, but I could see it also being just a puke fest.
1: Right. All right, so then we pivot next to the tight end position. Hunter Henry, Darren Waller, what do you think?
2: Well, you know, straight up, I would take Waller over Henry. I think he's proven that he's the man but you have to consider the matchup and Waller gets maybe the worst matchup in Tampa Bay and Hunter Henry gets a pretty juicy matchup in Jacksonville. So I think, I mean, I, I think it might be a lot. I think they they might be close. Waller's going to get the targets, but it won't be as worth as much. And Hunter Henry might not get as many targets, but they'll be worth more. So I think it's pretty close there. What do you
1: think? Uh, I agree, I considered maybe Hayden Hurst here But uh, Detroit is actually not the greatest matchup for tight ends And the Hurst experiment has been really weird Uh, I feel like every time Matt Ryan goes to Hurst He does well, like he's got a near 100% catch rate But they just don't seem to ramp up his targets Which is weird because the same offense peppered Hooper so, yeah.
2: um. Yeah, but you wonder if that was just because of the familiarity of Hooper and Hirsch just doesn't have that connection yet. That,
1: and then also Ridley was good, but he's a lot better this year, so it might just be the, the one two puncher receivers just a little more. Not to mention, Gurley's a better pass catching back than they've had. Yeah, that's true. So, um, Hunter Henry, though, uh, I agree he's got the better matchup, he's more likely to get a touchdown. But I think the game script's going to allow Waller to get 13 uh, targets. And I think what I've really noticed with the Raiders' offense is if it's just uh, Waller and Jacobs, they do poorly. When they get someone like Ruggs or Edwards on the field to actually open up the field a little more, they tend to do better. And so I, I, I give you the advantage at tight end. I'll take it. I'll take the advantage where I get it. <laughs> All right, and then finally at the flex position, we got Josh Jacobs and Clive Edwards-Hilaire versus Antonio Brown and Allen Robinson.
2: Yeah, I mean, the biggest question is, is uh, A.J. Brown going to play? And if he does, that's great. And is Allen Robinson going to get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey? So... If, if that's not true and A.J. Brown plays, I think this is close. Uh, I think the one thing you have to worry about is what just happened to Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs is playing that same team uh, this week. And Denver's actually been pretty good against the run too. They held Derrick Henry to like 100 yards which is a pretty big feat these days. So I think that's close. I think if Brown plays and and Aro doesn't have to see shadow coverage. I'd probably go Brown
1: and Robinson. What do you think? Um, so I think that Jacobs and Brown are gonna do decently well. I think Jacobs has shown a couple of not great games, and I think uh, after the um, after the bye week, they really got around uh, what they need to do with him, and I I I think. I mean you look at the games he's really struggled against it was it was mainly I mean New Orleans wasn't the greatest but that's cuz he didn't get a touchdown he still ran pretty well but the ones he struggled against were New England and Buffalo and they were both really wonky games as far as score for them where he was under 20 carries uh 15 and 16 So I I think the key is whether he gets the carries or not. And I think, like I alluded to before, I think both these teams are looking to slow it down a little bit and play more defense. So I honestly think that Jacobs is going to have a good game. I am worried about the Clive Edwards-Hilaire thing, especially if they put uh, Bell in this week. And it's not that I think Bell's taking over, it's just the... The concern is if Bell does really well at the goal line, which we all kind of expect him to do, how far does that usage expand, you know? Like, I expect him to get usage within, like, 10 yards, maybe 15, but does that turn into 20 to 25 yards? Is he more effective? And although I see in the future Edwards-Hilaire still being useful this year because of his volume, I'm more worried about, Anything from 20 yards and getting sucked away.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that long-term, CEH is the man there, and he'll learn from... I mean, this says that it may be a short-term loss, but it's a long-term gain because you're getting a pro to come in and teach them how to play the game. He's really good at it. Agreed. So yeah. So it's, it's, it's a long-term gain, but the two areas where CEH is they don't ask him to pass block if he's in on the passing down he's running a route. and if they need somebody to pass block they bring in daryl williams and he is you know yet the score on a goal line rush because he's a small kid and he just hasn't figured it out yet so those are the two like those are the two like places where running backs really rack up points and yeah i mean if i had CH, I would be legitimately concerned that the two biggest, like, point-getters are about to go to Le'Veon Bell and not CEH.
1: Right. Now, now the one thing that I will say is he hasn't really been getting those points anyways, so...
2: Yeah, and he's still uh, he's still pretty decent. What is it, like a top 15? I don't even know what he's ranked. Top 16 running back?
1: Uh, He's number 10 right now.
2: Oh, yeah, so... Even without all
1: that stuff. So, I mean yeah, he had he had a touchdown his first week and then he has had no touchdown since, yet he is the number ten quarterback. So what I mean, running back, so what are we worried about? We're worried about Bell getting more touchdowns or his touchdowns. He's had them. We're getting we're worried about Bell getting his passing work. But if I look over, that's the one thing that I think will hurt him a little bit. But like you said he, he hasn't been in the plays other than when they need him to run a route because he's had three games where it was eight, six, eight, and those were all good totals for him. He's been efficient, but Bell's a great pass catcher too. So I feel like he, he might take a little tick down in the passing work, but I think overall what it's going to end up doing is a, creating a higher scoring game for Kansas City where they're more successful uh at the goal line more points which could in turn actually also put more carries under clive edwards hilarious belt
2: yeah i mean yeah who knows how they're going to work and also we have to acknowledge if lev bell goes to chicago or miami it sucks for the running back there because he's just going to take over and what is already a bad offense this is like new orleans when they had ingram and kamara's top 12 options you got a great offense two running backs who could still both be top 12 options we just don't know yet that's the problem and and
1: honestly it could be a situation like we have this year we had this year before he got injured with uh with chubb and hunt, hunt yeah but exactly. it the the difference is you have a better quarterback and schemed offense versus a much better o-line i mean casey's o-line's not bad or anything but that O line in in Cleveland's been just dominant this year, so uh, yeah. that is a possibility. So what I'm battling with before you jump in there, so I don't want to I don't want to hear like I stole it from you, is uh, I, I I really don't want to go to the Deontay Johnson well again, even though if he is healthy, that would have been a great matchup for him. So where I'm really leaning on is pulling edwards hilaire out since. I view myself as an, uh, an option, and going with uh, probably Gibson or maybe Debo Samuel. Um, but then again, I might have to use Debo if Thomas doesn't go. So,
2: Yeah, I think I, I agree with you on Jonathan. What is he like? You've started him twice, and both times he hasn't finished the game. I mean, hasn't that happened to you twice now? That dude.
1: Yeah, like so. I got I got point six points and like one point nine points, and it destroyed <laughs> yeah. me. And in fact, one of the weeks I actually lost because of that.
2: Yeah, that was when you played Schultz, wasn't
1: it? Yeah the the yeah. The, the person I would have put in for him would have given me like a third of a point win over Schultz, but instead I lose by like twenty points or something. So
2: yeah,
1: it yeah, happens.
2: Pull me, pull me once. Shame on you for me twice, Can't and a he... third time and a
1: fourth time. Yeah, exactly. So until he proves to me he can stay healthy for a week. And on top of that, the emergence at Claypool. I I don't know what this offense looks like with all four receivers healthy and going. So I want I want to find that out before I do anything.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I mean so if I'm if I'm running your team I leave your roster exactly the same, except for I figure out a way to get Antonio Gibson in there. And if I – I don't know. you, you Sometimes you get too cute, but the person I would consider benching for him would either be James Conner or um, Josh Jacobs. I think I would leave CEH because I think even still this week, Bell's still going to be learning, and CEH is still going to get his. But, I, man, I'm just – that – that Tampa Bay defense is just ridiculous right now and uh, Trent Brown has COVID. He won't be back this week and Las, Las Vegas sent the rest of their offensive line home who it was a good line but is it now if they have to play all their backups um, and then I could just see where James Connor gets phased out because they've got to throw to keep up and then got four wide receivers who can all do damage and James Connor doesn't get to touch the ball as much so I, mean, I think
1: that's the only change I would make. So I I'm in agreement with you that I really want to get Antonio Gibson in. That's actually why I brought him up. Um, Connor is not my pivot though. Um, I I look I look at it and we talked about Denver being a strong run defense, Philly being a strong run defense. Surprisingly, Cleveland's been pretty good against the run. Um, but I think half of that's half their games have been like real boat races and half of them been turds um, where they're not needed. Um, so I, I don't want to pivot from Connor because other than the uh, the Philly game where he... Um, I, I don't really remember. I think it was coming off injury no, he got injured week 1. I don't remember what the deal was, but um Philly I mean, game Philly
2: actually was able to keep up and that's another defense that I think is people overlook is their pass defense is bad, but they actually have a really good defensive line. Right.
1: They, they so shut
2: down the Ravens running game.
1: So I mean, he only had 44 yards that game. He did get a touchdown which salvaged the week. And he had three catches, but nothing real efficient. The, the big thing is, yeah, he's only had one game in Houston where he w- had five uh, targets and was efficient in the pass game. But, I mean, unless they're going to get McFarlane involved, I still think he's the main passing down guy uh, at, at running back. So uh, unless he goes with an empty backfield, I think he's useful. And at the end of the day tennessee winning this game is generally because derrick henry is controlling the game so i I, unless they get up early i i don't see him getting phased out as much because what i'm looking at is a guy that other than that one bad game and obviously the game he got injured immediately so that doesn't count he's had 16 these other three games he's had 16 carries 18 carries and 20 carries not massive workloads but all three of them, he broke a hundred yards. Every game, he's been healthy for the whole game. He's gotten a touchdown, and other than the one bad game against Philly, he's averaged six point six, six point one, five point one. Like I mean, the dude is killing it on the ground. He's he's making me feel good about the three opportunities I passed up trading him away this year already. Yeah. Um. So for yeah, me,
2: I'm, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's
1: definitely... So, so for me, nope. the big the big one is the Josh Jacobs and Clive Edwards Hilaire. I honestly am struggling with putting in Gibson for one of those two. It's just very hard to bench two top ten running backs, you know. So, yeah, we'll see if I have the balls to do it because there is such upside with uh, with um, Gibson. So it, like, it, it's honestly one of those things. I think I've only played Gibson once and he had no game game, and this just feels like one of those serendipitous games where he's just going to go bananas. Yeah. Uh, so on the other end, I think the big one, obviously, is if injuries force you to, um, obviously, mixing you're kind of hampered with. Uh, I would maybe consider playing Boston Scott, but it's so scary, it's not worth the risk. So, um, for me, the big thing I'm looking at with your team is you don't have a lot of options other than DJ Chark uh, this week just because of injuries and bye weeks. So, my big one is I would consider DJ Chark over... I mean, obviously, if Allen doesn't play, that's who you're going to play, I'm assuming. Um, Same with AJ Brown. But I would honestly consider DJ Chark over... Allen Robinson but at the end of the day I don't think I could take I could bring myself to it like you said um, the Chargers are getting healthier at defense they're a strong defense they just haven't really put it together which seems to be their thing every year and Allen Robinson's talented enough and is pretty much the only target for Nick Foles enough that I think even if he shadowed um, against the Rams I think he's still going to do something or at least have a yeah. volume play.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and DJ Chark is my Deontay Johnson because I have, I think, started him twice, and he's gotten hurt both times. So, I'm so, scarred. So, so right
1: we're, we're very similar here with the exception of you seem to get more destroyed at running back where I seem to get destroyed at receiver. Right. Um. So, I will tell you my big pivot, obviously, is... And and I'm struggling with two guys here. Um, I'm struggling with Deontay Johnson. Obviously, I probably won't touch him. And I'm struggling with uh, Tim Patrick as another option over Debo Samuel. uh, If Michael Thomas doesn't go. Um, And it's it's not a great matchup. I will first admit it against KC with their pass defense has been strong. But since the dude's been a starter, he's gotten, uh, let's see, four targets, got 12.3 points. Seven targets, got 20.3 points. And then against New England, he had eight targets and still got 12.1 points. Like, he put up, his last two games were over 100 yards at receiver. He's, He's a strong candidate to potentially go in over Debo for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's probably the only one that I would play ever. Depot. So, if Michael Thomas is is hurt.
1: So, but yeah, and then there is actually the thought too of like, man, do do, do I even want to trust Michael Thomas this week? But I think the skill's just too much where Drew Brees needs him that if he's on the field, I have to play him.
2: Yeah, and Drew Brees is just gonna throw at him as much as possible.
1: So, who do you got in this game? Uh, I think... You're coming off a big uh, win, mind you.
2: Yes, well, I, I am, but I don't know that I get that lucky two weeks in a row. So, I mean, I even if Mixon plays, I think I, have to, I would probably go your team over mine just because of the all-around strength, but I would definitely win. I mean, honestly, if Mixon is out and Keenan Allen and A.J. Brown. So, so I think it, I give you the win, and it's close, but... And by the end of the week, if I'm losing more players, it could just be like a lopsided thrashing.
1: Oh, agreed. So I, I think if uh, if Mixon doesn't go and if one of your receivers doesn't go, then it's me all day long. No questions. If Thomas, if, if you have a completely healthy team and Thomas ends up either not going or doing what I fear and only give me like a point or something. Uh, you know what, honestly, if Thomas doesn't go, I think I'd take the win. If Thomas is in, but he ends up being just decoy or whatever, I think there is a scenario where you could pull out the win because of a Stafford-Ryan tandem just bashing. But yeah. I, it, I'm i going to agree with you, and it, no disrespect to your team, but I, I, just, I, I think I have the advantage, obviously. I have all my starting running backs, so...
2: Yeah, I think my goal is to try and at least get an Aniston point this week. And then if I can stay in contention and I can get Chubb and Mostert back, I'm playing for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you need to do is really hunker down. I think you have one of the stronger teams. And, I mean, like, this has just been a bad week because not only are you dealing with injuries, but you got guys like Justin Jefferson that you can't pivot to because of bye weeks. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: Alright, well, uh, that concludes our Our little segment Uh, we definitely ran long This was even longer than, uh Than the Gill episode <laughs> Yeah, we to do some trimming sometime, Yeah, so. well, so I don't like to trim I, You know, I, I've made some really long episodes And honestly, I'm exhausted So this is gonna end up being a, Over a two hour episode Yeah But, you know what, our dedicated fans will listen to it And, uh I just appreciate you coming on, Kamish.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. It was a good conversation.
1: Awesome, and then uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on, uh, but I'm looking forward to some of our other guests. Um, and then I think we're also going to try something new, so I'm going to announce it here: is We're going to do a mailbag episode, I think, next week.
2: Nice. Well, so, hopefully people will send in some some uh, items for you talk about that.
1: Yeah, so that, that's going to be coupled with our reviews episode, and... Uh, I'm just gonna ask everyone to DM me on GroupMe. I want this questions to be a surprise for the other viewer or the other listeners. But uh, that that's my little mini announcement. So thanks for if you stuck out the whole time. We're now coming up on two hours and twenty minutes soon. So so that's that's how long this episode turned into. So all right, well uh, thanks thanks for uh, stopping by, and I
2: appreciate it. Hi right, man, have a good night. You too.
1: Alright, so that is the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking it out, like I was saying, and uh, getting your mailbag questions to me before uh, either Wednesday or Thursday next week. Uh, so try to get them to me by Tuesday th- Tuesday morning at the latest, basically before the first waivers run. Wait, no, that's not even okay. Just give me the mailbag. Send me your questions. I want to do this. Uh, Let you guys a little more control of the show and uh thanks for stopping by and as always remember goonies never say die
2: welcome to atlanta sightseeing please take your seat and
1: keep your hands and feet inside the railing at all times ma'am in this brochure it says this tour is crunk what does that mean
0: Welcome to Atlanta, <laughs> hammers and boges, back to the mackin' and <laughs> the clothes, adolescents up. <laughs> a knock on the door, who is it? I would happen to know, the one with the flow, who did? It was me, I suppose, <laughs> J.D. in the roles, and looters in the cut supreme, skating down old Nat, <laughs> tucked and lean. I- clean. As a matter of fact, I f your team. No blood on the sneaks, gotta keep it so my kicks is clean. I get the cream, cops see me flick my beams. I'm allergic to Doc and a histamine. Oink, oink, pig, pig, do away with the pork. Only Civil War needs a steak knife and a fork. Did you forget your f manners? I'm Bruce with banners. Ludicrous Johnny Rockets when I f- the cannon. The woolly mammoth, Sabre 2. Bite your tongue. I won't stop until I'm rich as them whites. will come. I pull up in a black Lotus. Your plaques are bogus, so I stripped them off the wall. Waiting for my cue to corner pocket eight balls. You racking them up. I'm big paper like pancakes stacking them up. In fact, I'm slapping them up. Cadillac is the truck. I can't lose with twenty twos. That's what's up. Running in the back better than the aqueduct. Chillin' in the wood. Yo 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 yo. yo. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats hit street seat gangsters roaming, and parties don't stop till 8 in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play, and we ride on them bags like every day. Big beats hit street seat gangsters roaming, uh-huh. and parties don't stop yeah, till 8 uh, in the morning. That's all, folks.